Hey, friends. Welcome to episode number 42 of the Bender Blend podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Bender. On this episode, we got to sit down with local comedian Aiden Candelario. He runs the uh, comedy night at Bang the Drum Brewery here in San Luis Obispo. Every Thursday starts at 730. If you live here, go check it out. Um, Aiden's an awesome dude. We had a really good talk. It was long. It was almost three hours. Henry and Gabby were there as well. Um, we got we covered a lot of ground, um, and we covered a lot of whiskey too. Uh, yeah, you'll get, you'll see what I mean. Enjoy everybody, and thanks again for listening. Get into it, guys. And I'm gonna let this play out a little more. You guys can kind of hear it. And now begin. One, two, three, four. Ooh, nice. Oh, that even got a little tickle. Got a little sparkle tickle on bubble. There. Nice. A little slap and tickle. That's what I like to hear. Um, welcome, boys. Welcome. Uh, episode 42. We're on. We're fucking cruising towards 50. Well, what is what is the meaning of life? The universe and oh, everything. Oh, that's right. What's that from uh, the Hitchhiker's oh, yes. Guide? Okay. Yeah. Um, and do you know why? No. You mean For- do you know the question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I believe in um, a specific uh, either programming language or something. Forty-two, okay. or like it was. It was something in which the number forty-two was meant to mean whatever you want. Okay. And that that is the that being of life. the meaning of life is whatever you want. I but can, I, I, I can do, appreciate that. I, I do like that that kind of. Mm. Oh yeah, I never heard that explanation of No, that. neither have I. That's pretty good. Um, so for listeners, the new voice you're hearing is our good friend Aiden Candelario, local comedian here in uh, San Luis Obispo. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Glad Thanks to have you here. Yeah, glad to have you on. I've, I've got a few. That's Jesus starting heavy. What's the meaning of life? Uh, the universe and everything. <laughs> everything it makes far greater. You had to say number forty-two. I know. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so, Aiden, sometimes we start light and silly, and sometimes we get heavy. Um, but I've got a few preloaded questions, just basic shit, um, mostly for people listening. Just give your give us a little brief history of the life of Aiden Candelario just basically Jesus that's a it. that's a real low ball <laughs> I, like, I feel like that's <laughs> just say, then let's talk about yeah, life so, so Aiden what, do you, what are you day. doing down how do we how do we know you <laughs> that's an easier question well I I mean I've known Henry since middle school I guess yeah. See, good that's the history I'm talking about just like you so you're a local you grew up here uh, yeah, well, like, I moved here okay. when I was 13, I think, 13 or 14. Oh, gotcha, okay. I've basically been here since, so I'm, like, local enough to yeah. always think about leaving. <laughs> <laughs> like, people trip. who move here when they're That's adults, funny. they're like, oh, why would you want to leave? Yeah. And people who grew up here are like, I gotta get out of here. I have so many reasons. That's, 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 very, that's like why Henry yeah. disappears sometimes, and right. he's just well, like, oh, he just ghosted slow, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you can't blame him. Right. I left slow on red. Okay, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um... And so my uh, my other lead-in question for everything was, and I I you gotta confirm this. Um, did you 
I guess getting into comedy, was it something you grew up watching and listening well, to? Well, so for the listeners that don't know, he didn't really clarify this. Oh, yeah. Aiden, Aiden runs some stand-up comedy shows Oh, no, shows I'm going to get to that, bud. Oh, oh shit. Oh, All yeah. Right. We're, no, we're building we're building. You're taking a, me on a journey. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right, so I'm going to go to the beginning, All sort right. of, and then build up to, and of course, we're going to tell people that live here, go to Thursday Night Comedy, bang the drum. Damn right. Aiden hosts. And then you do too, well, but people already know that. People already know that. I, I, I <laughs> you also open. I shot that from too many rooftops. That's right. Um, well, a lot of people come there just to see Henry. So <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Is his ego gonna break today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will he actually cry? Um, <laughs> not on stage." <laughs> but uh, I guess so. For me, I'll give you a little background on me too. Is I grew up watching. I grew up in a very awesome fun funny family like we my grandfather sent us he was like you boys need to know who the three stooges are you need to know all these old school comedian a lot of slapstick mm-hmm. so we always grew up like with funny in the household you know monty python was a huge oh, yeah. influence so I'm, I'm i'm guessing there's some similar uh, parallels there for you like growing up like did you listen to stand up like i guess when i can remember 13 was my age when I realized stand-up was a thing that I was like that I connected with I was like oh shit that's a job you can do that I, I don't know that I even realized it was a job <laughs> longer than that but that's probably yeah. around the time when I was like becoming more of a fan of it like mm-hmm. I don't know I didn't have a lot of like censorship as a kid but I also yeah. didn't have a lot of like uh, like you were saying, if like you got to know these like classic, right, right, a guidebook comedy things. Like, yeah. I mean, definitely Monty Python. There were there were a few where it was like films like that. Like you, you got what, what was the Monty Python movie your parents showed to you? Oh, Holy Grail. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm that was yeah, my yeah. first so, as like, well. Yeah, as a child, I was always like quoting Holy Grail with my mm. siblings and my dad and yeah. I'm I'm glad that that is that is consistent. It's it's a good like, thing to be a unifying thing with most people. Because I've had people that are like, oh no, dude, Life of Brian is like, and it's like that like. I watched that a bit later. It's good. Yeah, I watched, and, and it was the same thing. Whereas I, I connect with a lot of the comedy, but like Holy Grail was something that like. It was kind of more just like hilarious throughout. I feel like they're in just right. There's well, a lot and, of different things going on. And even, like, not to, like, segregate our audience or anything, but, like, I, like, didn't grow up in a super religious household, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail is, like, even, like, Life of Brian, which is kind of, like, such in the face of that that group, hmm. I feel like connects <laughs> with more people that know about the history of the Bible and everything. Yeah, it and probably like, Holy is... Grail was just such a silly thing of like if you knew what the crusades were or you had seen indiana jones like you knew like the premise yeah i think it was a lot like broader that's it and that like um life of brian was probably really like cathartic to people who were raised in a lot of religion to be able to laugh at it but yeah similarly i i was like uh like my family was vaguely Catholic, but it was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you should, <laughs> also the term vaguely Catholic is incredible. It is. That is a good. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah, it was yeah. like go to church when we're visiting your grandmother's. Like right. Yeah. And like yeah, I don't know. So I was never <laughs> too into it. It was like yeah, you can think what you want to think. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I mean it's, it's I and on the opposite one, I grew up 
and it, we weren't strict by any means. My dad was fairly open-minded about Christianity, but that's, you know, we went to church every Sunday. Yeah, it, but he couldn't help himself. Like, he was like, my boys need to know this shit because it's funny. Like, it's funny yeah. as funny, you know? <laughs> oh, I mean? yeah. And uh, so I'm definitely grateful for that, but... It's definitely a good perspective to have, especially if it's not, <laughs> yeah. like forced on you like I'm, right, I'm always right. kind of sometimes i'm like i wish i did know more about the bible just mm. in case i was ever on jeopardy so i wouldn't yeah that <laughs> okay that's that's something i can relate with so much as a, a kid who grew up basically <laughs> atheist is i wish i knew more about the bible because of trivia questions yeah, do, like, which there's also... no other reason other than when i feel like i'm uh, failing at fucking trivia that's yeah that's the thing uh yeah also, did did you ever read it in high school, or is that when you left? Um, it was, I I left before I had read the Bible, um, and so yeah, they made a sophomore oh, okay. slow like, high. Oh, shit. Well, I think it was well, just the honors class though, which well, I so, dropped out of. Yeah, I wasn't in honors <laughs> okay, in sophomore what, year. I did the no. the history oh, English the combo the thing. Class, yeah, yeah. Um, but I I did think it was it's just hilarious to me in that. I love uh, Pete Davidson was on uh, Your Mom's House podcast with Christina Pruszynski and Tom Segura, their podcast, where he talks about the difference between Christian comedy and regular comedy. And Pete Holmes. Uh, you Pete mean. Holmes, yeah. yeah. And, uh-huh. and he goes through this whole thing. It's like, what does it say about a religion for smart, intelligent, modern people that the jokes we can enjoy are baby jokes? And right. that always, like, to me, mm-hmm. what Book of Mormon is for Mormons is something that they can totally enjoy while being made fun of. The Monty Python and the Holy Grail and even Life of Brian are things that Christians should gravitate towards, and yet it's something that they've chosen kind of as a religion to, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> like go away from which i always thought was fascinating is that rather than taking in that doubt and that that kind of yeah conversation that that movie begets is to shun it instead right which just almost proves their point monty python's point further it's like embrace it like the more the fact that the mormons loved the book of mormon the play written by two their jokes in there just for mormons and yet uh, also it was done with like kind of like yeah you guys are ridiculous and they're like we know it's like fucking (laughs) holy shit good good now like it made them more lovable now there's still some insane uh the what do we call them the uh fundamentalists that are like boy howdy but that's anywhere and everywhere because humans are i I didn't really know that was the mormon reaction to that (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah they they used to have like sold out sections of the show that were booked by mormons (laughs) and honestly like when (laughs) but again when you watch all of these things i think it's important to know that like most of the things that i think were great making fun of things as a kid yeah that that were poking fun at things still have a weird amount of love for them and that's like in in my stand-up like ethos i guess you could put it like that's kind of if i'm gonna really make fun of something i need to know it no absolutely and, and love it point. to a certain degree and oh, with yeah. with that comes better comedy than you can if you just dislike something right 
Well, yeah, if you hate something without understanding it, then you can't really properly make fun of it. You have to, yeah, exactly. Because it just comes close to it. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's just hate. You're like, oh, you're you're trying to make a joke, but it's not because you're like purely like hatred. Like that's just hate. Yeah, I well, I don't think I don't think hatred is bad, but ignorant hatred is the thing. Like, like when you hate something because you know it. Yeah, well honed. Yeah, it's like because. Because you've really thought about it and researched it, then mm-hmm. that's good. That's productive hate. You're hating it because yeah. you right. have done yeah. the research. Yeah, the ideals are wrong. You're like, no, that's wrong. That's fucking. That is. That's a good. Another good point. And um, even just like coming back to like growing up, Monty Python, mm-hmm. I think is a really funny thing to say about somebody. Like you grew up on Monty. Like we all here grew right. up on this one comedy troops ability to tackle things and it gave us a language in which we saw or like a, a, it gave us glasses in which we could see the world as comedy right and <clears throat> when you meet people that don't have certain comedic backgrounds or their parents didn't show them that it's very evident like you, we have things that we think yeah. that tickle us to our core that other people don't and I find that fascinating, yeah. like deeply, just in trying to understand people. Yeah, and I, and especially nowadays, like you guys are comedians in front of people all the time. Of like, you could offend, especially in this town, you're probably going to offend someone in the crowd. And this, and that's my, you know, the question for both of you. And I think we kind of talked about it a little bit with Jesse, but yeah, Jesse Zimbato, another comedian, but. Mm-hmm. It was the, you know, what's, and, and, it, and it, to me, like, talking with my other friend, it came up, it was like, <clears throat> you're allowed to be offended, but mm-hmm. you shouldn't, but being a, a victim and being offended are two different things. And I think some people go to be, like, my, my question is, like, what do you, how do you approach something, like, when you're writing a joke, do you, does that, I'm, I'm, to me, it seems like it would cross your mind. Like, is this going to be offensive and does it matter? Or is it funny? Is it like, what challenge does that present? Like, how do I make this funny? Even if, mm-hmm. it, and I, I think ultimately, like you're probably going to offend someone, but maybe that you're doing your job. Cause you know, I wonder if that's like a, something that comes up when you, when you're writing jokes, like, does that well, oh, definitely, I don't, I don't know about you. Like for a lot of my, like, is it offensive conversation in my mind? It comes after the fact mm. because mm. most of my jokes that if I'm thinking about that, I've written the joke because I think it's funny. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree. Cause you, I mean, the idea comes kind of in that, Oh, this is a funny thing. And then if you, when you start thinking, how would I tell this to an audience? Then you go, yeah. how could it possibly offend somebody or like, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a rough one. Um, I I constantly am am trying to like challenge people. Like most of my stuff, um, I'm trying to walk the sad, funny line. Like that is who <laughs> I am as a comedian. Is yeah. is going into kind of the darker parts of my mind or like my least secure like feelings mm-hmm. and or or the things I'm least secure about myself and bringing them to light and so i feel like for most of that i'm the punchline and like who i am but when i start going into things like 
talking about the church or like, like what, whatever it may be, that's when I have to kind of make that, that line of, am I smart enough to get away with this? Is this, is this worth like the one person that's going to get offended because it's actually funny? Like it's, it's less of, will I offend somebody? I don't necessarily care if, if the quality is there, I think that's yeah, yeah. the the conver- That's more the conversation. Well, if it, if it's funny enough, then it's not offensive. Is kind of one one way to look at it. Yeah. Because if somebody's laughing, they can't really be that offended by it. Yeah. That's that's one way to see it. But also, you're you're talking about how you're usually making a lot of jokes that that kind of land on yourself. You know. Oh, and that's when I'm trying to figure out if something is going to offend people. Uh, I I kind of like to look at like who's the victim of the joke because yeah, right. there's like a theory of comedy that like there's a victim for every joke. Mm. So you know if it's yourself, then you're responsible for that. There's no, that's that's kind of one of the easiest ones, which isn't to say that that kind of humor is not great. No, it's but it, perfect, but it, but it is in a, in a weird way because being able to make jokes at other people's expenses without having it feel malicious that's a true art. Like. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of family-friendly comedians that take targets. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's that's a really tough thing to to kind of navigate. Is like while it might seem easy to to kind of go about this whole process with like yourself in mind, you could do the nastiest shit about yourself all day long. Yeah. But there are family-friendly <laughs> comedians that do better with an actual target. Right. That they don't, that target doesn't feel abused at the end of it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a fascinating part of comedy that like, mm-hmm. again, I have trouble. Hi, Gabby. Oh, Hi. and yeah, we have a new oh, person hello. at the table. Grab a seat. Thanks for keeping my seat warm. So that was the cat. Uh, but yeah. uh, just just <laughs> going back to so Gabby, we're talking about in comedy the victim of your joke. Mm. I I heavily rely on doing self deprecating things, but I think it's that's almost a cop out. Mm. Well, I it's not. Say it's, it's a cop out. Well, no, I, but I would. I understand that. But just you're talking about like how much harder it is to to write jokes about something outside of yourself. It's it's just well, yeah. a different kind of challenge. And, and and just to how how to make that seem like still with the same like brevity and lightheartedness that you would bring to a joke about yourself, where you're never going to write a joke so intense and gnarly about yourself that you would feel actually bad about it. So taking that, <laughs> yeah, I'm, if it was I'm, that I'd be brutal. impressive if you did. You're like, I, wow, I, I just made myself feel like shit. I, oh man, I feel like <laughs> that's a, I have a new goal. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I do that constantly go. where I'm like, new. all right, like, all right, this joke <laughs> kind of makes me feel sad. But if it gets a big enough laugh, it's gonna make I don't feel ca- It's going to make me feel better about it. So yeah. I try to take the same approach anytime I make a joke about something else it, or someone else is... Mm-hmm. How can I take it as far as I can w- with still that intent that of like that person should still at least see they should at least go oh they yeah. shouldn't go oh <laughs> yeah like they there should be that weird little giggle under their like protest right well I think I think um, the upside to like going for for how extreme you can make it like that is 
the release can be that much better. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of maybe masochistic in my approach to comedy that like if I'm making a joke that really would hurt about something that would really hurt me, yeah. like then there's that much more release and maybe that could be like the experience for the audience as well. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I'd even go into this. Why do you, do you, when you're on a bit about yourself, mm-hmm. Do you keep going into yourself or do you try to then relate it to things other people do? Because this is something I struggle with is at what point do I separate the bit, which is about me and my weird behavior? Mm-hmm. At what point do I try to relate it to the audience or what? at what point do I just go down the rabbit hole and let them associate with weird things that I do? Uh, yeah, I that's that's important finding that point. That's a lot. A lot of times when I'm approaching it, I'm trying to figure out when I have them on my side that much. Okay. Where I can go for it, like I. That's why it's common to stack a bunch of those self-effacing jokes at at the front. Right. Like it's a cliche <clears throat> in comedy for people to come up on stage and be like, "Oh, I know, I look like this," or "You're thinking I look like that," and we we all do it a lot. Yeah. And that's just kind of. That you get it going. Rapport with yeah, you get that rapport. They yeah. they trust you. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and and then you start saying, I don't know. Sometimes it's just fucked up stuff. Right. At <laughs> once you I, once you got them going, then yeah. No, that's a good. And I think you know being relatable is always a the best way in. And I think I don't know. I can't speak for other comedians, but it seems like a lot of them are. It's like it's everyday shit. Like, let's start there, and then I'm going to get a little weird here, and or I'm going to go into these deeper waters, and mm-hmm. you're either with me or you're not. And some comedians are funny about, and they, like Pete Holmes, a good example, he yells at audiences. Not yell, he's like, I don't yell at them, like, you should be like, but he kind of does in a way. He's like, he's like, that is funny, and you need to be laughing at that, because I'm laughing at like. And he's like, sometimes that's all it takes to bring a, an audience around. Oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah, remember? Like, remember? We're all on the same side. <laughs> like, so it's kind of interesting. But that I think that's a good, the best way in is the relate. You know, am I relatable? And can they let their guard down? We talked with Jesse a little bit about that. Like, having a conversation slash monologue, mostly monologue. It should always, <laughs> of course, you get heckled, but it's like you're you're communicating something to the audience of. Hey, you're gonna listen to me and like. Whether, gonna, yeah, you know. whether you want them talking to you or not, it still should feel like a conversation. Right. Like the right. different kinds of comics want audience to actually tell them things and do crowd work, and other comics just want to do their bits precisely and have it feel like right. the audience <clears throat> is participating. Yeah. And we, good. Uh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say mm-hmm. I think like coming from an improv background where yeah, um, like that was where I started in in comedy was mm-hmm. improv. Okay. And it like it's because I came from theater, went to improv. Right. Like it 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 fit well. I had the right crew around me that I was able to succeed. And I think that's a huge thing. Is I, some people are like I did terrible at my improv workshop, and it's like yeah, probably because you haven't worked with those people for six months. Yeah. And like you like yeah, you weren't trusting it. Like it, it's mm-hmm. hard to do improv with a group of random people. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, it's for, either going to be with people you don't know well enough to trust or you know too well to trust. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's a lot, but I, I think... find that balance like you kind of did for a while. Yeah, and but it's, it's this incredible thing of um, when in stand-up, you have to decide, you have to be both people. You have to decide where the straight man is. And the straight man is always... The key and one of the funniest parts to an improv scene is the normal dude in the oh, yeah. scene. Right. Because you're always going to have somebody who's a car salesman from Kuwait who only has had sex with dolphins in his life. And that's hilarious. But it isn't hilarious until you have the one normal guy trying to buy a car from him. Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> all of the absurdity doesn't make for good comedy until there's someone normal in the scene. Right, you gotta have a comparison of like, let's, like, otherwise it's all, you're like, yeah, that's just zany. So, it bring it kind of grounds it and then... So where in your, where in your, where in your stand-up do you want to be like, yeah, the ultra-depressed person, (laughs) which is super hilarious, but isn't isn't actually funny until you have a normal like like through line through that like you have to have a baseline for all these things so mm. playing both of those roles i think is is that weird part of stand up comedy is you know you need that that extra you need you need that absurd but you also have to continue the through line to yeah. make it actually funny to ground it in reality for everyone else mm. Yeah, and that's and again, like you said, it's a skill. And um, is Aiden for you? Did you start in improv as well, or no? Uh, I didn't start doing improv till I was like four years into three or four years into stand up. Okay, and uh, it was something that like terrified me at first, and it was yeah. not something I felt comfortable with the the way I did with stand up. I I like got more comfortable doing it, and definitely gained a lot of skills from it. I still like stand up better though. Yeah. Um, it just is more suit, suited to my personality. Right. You fit, it's a better fit. And how long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, since 2012. Okay. Nice. Like in the spring sometime? I don't know how... <laughs> 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 how that's almost seven years. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Time. Um, not too cold. That's not a too good, I mean, you've got... It's, it shows like when you're on stage, you're, you've got you've got your groove like i see. yeah i didn't have that when i started <laughs> right and i don't i don't think many people do i i, I wrote I sticky notes can. with right. with my jokes and put them on my forearms oh that's so awesome look down yeah it, hell yeah <laughs> that'd almost be funny now too just to do that it like, worked it's just a, it was a completely different right reason that it worked right. <laughs> yes um what got you into doing stand-up was it um was it? Was there? A, can you remember like something well, where you're like, "I'm gonna go do that." We'll we'll set, like we'll do this from like when I left, like when I like kind of stopped hanging out with you, like because I left school and everything. Oh yeah. So like around that would have been our junior year of high school. That was probably the first I, time I had any thought about it actually. Yeah. Sweet. So yeah, I was I was not in theater or anything anymore and I I'd, I'd gone out to LA to kind of do stuff and do my jaw surgery and all that shit. When like during that the youth like was performing like a, a a want of yours. 
I guess just once I had started writing jokes. Okay, so it of, came out of writing. Yeah, I I always like fancied myself a writer somewhat, at least since from like about junior year of high school, like I had to write a bunch of poetry and everybody's like, oh, you're really good at it. And I was like, okay, so I like it. So then I liked it. Fuck yeah. Because uh, of positive reinforcement. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and like That's one, usually how it goes. Yeah, and <laughs> once or twice I just had like kind of thought through some stuff that I thought was funny, like writing it out in like kind of that bit structure from like watching a lot of stand-up comedy. And I totally forgot about it for a couple years. And I was uh, doing like college radio at Chico State and I was just writing jokes in class and I was like telling them over the radio to nobody oh, no shit. for a while. That's cool. And then eventually I was like, yeah. I should try like doing stand-up like in front of people right. <laughs> instead of... yeah. Dude, eight, that's a eight huge, in the morning. That's a huge <laughs> step to, to take, what? though. Like yeah. a lot of people won't <laughs> won't, awesome. won't take that step without somebody forcing them into it. That's a really like because most people will continue to work in their comfort zone until somebody forces them out of it. So taking that step is a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's weird that that was part of my comfort zone because I was like terrified of public speaking, but I was also kind of an egomaniac. So there was a way. <laughs> Oh, I, a nice balance. That's a Texas size ten four. I got you all the way there. Yeah, there was yeah. a way where I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. I wrote these jokes, and right. I, I, I told my family, and they were like, hey, you should like do this in front of us first. <laughs> so my, that was kind of my first set was, was my parents and my no sister, shit. and wow. it was uncomfortable. But they were like, yeah, yeah. that's funny. Go ahead. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. See, I wouldn't even. I never would have. I was like, fuck the lat like. I guess not the last thing I'd want is my family there, but it's like, it. They've been. They come to a lot of my shows. Yeah. I I, I give my mom a lot of shit because I'm like, you never went to my baseball games as a kid. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like baseball. I like stand up. No, okay. Well, good answer. I guess. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, let's. I actually, I'd love to talk about family at stand up things. Oh, my yeah. parents have come to a few. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen them. I, I don't even know what your mom looks like. I know your dad barely because he was a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've come to a... Uh, what was it? The... Um, uh, holy shit. I'm blanking on the... Uh, the. They came to that warehouse show? Yeah, the then? warehouse shows oh, back wait, in the day. they did. Yeah, I forgot. They came to one of those. And yeah, they but... came to, I think, maybe one Cruisberg show. Oh, okay. But... Either time, like having their son do a persona, but it's still based in reality. I think it's weird to watch. Like I don't know, Bender. You've seen me do stand up, Gabby. You've seen yeah. me. Like you know what I'm doing is is me and what I'm thinking. But it's I'm sure it's such a weird thing, especially for family to come see stand up. Because you're like, oh, fuck you. I know that's not real. <laughs> or, or, or they're, or, like, or they're oh, concerned. Shit. They're like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were so sad. Yeah, no, yeah, my, yeah. My, my parents, like, oh, my, the first time they were like, oh, there's a lot of jokes about cocaine, Henry. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that was definitely yeah. the biggest problem for me. They're like, oh, yeah, you really talk about drugs a lot. Yeah, but again, it, it's, it's <laughs> so funny. And it, it offers so much material that it's yeah. like, I just I have no idea what it's like for somebody else. Like when I see my friends do stand up, I'm, I I I'm prepared for whatever comes my way. But as a family member, I have no idea what that's like for them. When so you started before me? Did they come out to your earliest shows? Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, I think the second time I did it, 
was one of my worst experiences doing comedy because it was uh, the Creekside open mic where they give oh. you like 20 minutes because it's for musicians. Yeah. And there was my dad and two of my high school friends were there. And I haven't seen those friends since. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, no. And they or were if like, you're listening, go maybe fuck it's, it's, it's either coincidence or just uh, like a horrible coincidence or maybe. It might have had something to do with it. I don't know. It was bad. Like, And the host uh, got really mad at me because I was doing some joke about uh, avant-garde beatboxing where I like sneezed into the microphone. That's hilarious. He was like, don't do that. Don't do that to my microphone. You're like, dude. Bro, people. <laughs> it's an nice. open mic at right. Creekside yeah. Brewing. Your yeah, thoughts. I guess it's different to seem like you're blowing your nose into it rather than just having your nasty mouth closed. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh I just God. love the word nasty mouth. And that's one word in my mind. Oh, it's yeah. a nasty mouth. Yeah, there, there you go. That's your <clears> it's like first name, comedy yeah. album made. Oh, okay. nasty, nasty mouth. mouth. Nasty mouth. And then oh. that has that story has to be in there. Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, to me, that's, again, I don't, that would fuck me up if I saw my family members in the audience. I don't think I could see, I don't know. I, I don't, may, I, again, I, this is all assumption. Would like, you double down or would you dial it back? I, I, oh man, at this point, actually, that's a good question. I don't know. I think I, I think know. you five years ago would have dialed it back. I think <laughs> yeah, you yeah. right now. I think you double down. I'd probably double down because that makes sense to yeah. me. It's easier to play a character than to right. do something too close to normal. Right. Because if if it, if I'm going whole hog on like <laughs> I'm a I'm a very depressed, anxious person in real life. If I can play a doubly <laughs> depressed and anxious person. That's easier, and it's a character I can play to the T. But if mm. if I'm if I'm trying to dial it back to normal, that feels weirder and more fake, and it's probably closer to what I'm actually doing, and uh, like what I'm actually thinking. Mm. So it would make my parents think weirder of me. Like, oh, <laughs> like oh okay. I like, so you can yeah. kind of sell them on it's just exaggerated. That's. Yeah, like, like the, the exaggeration the is the easy part. Like, <laughs> like that through line to to being the the straight man. Like, if right. that was who you were, mm -hmm. that would be harder to sell on everyone you met. It's like, oh well, that's just my stand up persona. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people believe that. I think. I, I think so. I I think so. I mean, it, uh, there's examples out there, and the you know that the big names. It's like Anthony Jeselnik. Fucking love that guy. That's his persona on stage. And then off, I'm assuming. I've heard some like bits. He's not he's not that dude. You yeah. know, he's not such a morbid fucking assault. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it and I guess the other thing too that you know, it does change and I, I've only done open mic once and it did change me though. And I know Gabby, when you did it, like you were so nervous, yet you had performed in front of people, but this time, and you said it too, you're like, I'm like singing in front of people is different than telling jokes. Mm -hmm. And uh, how to, I mean, go through, like, tell us what was going through your head when you were, what was the insecurity? Because uh, it's, I think people listening. It was would, mostly remembering my jokes. Oh, like keeping a. Yeah, memory. Because I've always been 
I've always been really good at memorizing through acting. Like I was, it was memorizing monologues was always yeah. really easy for me. But because the purpose is to make people laugh and right. love to pause for mm. people's laughs, it's, <laughs> those are the the small details that I that I hadn't really done before. Even through, well, like in acting, like you know, Aramechik. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was in his acting class for like five years. And we would do... Do you know Aaron Medjuk? I've like heard of him, would. but I don't know him his, personally. His, his claim to fame is that his... Well, I hope he doesn't listen. Um, is that his his mom was uh, Zac Efron's acting coach. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then he was his she acting failed. coach, no. too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's fucking yeah, successful. I, I, I'm kidding. Like if, Bad joke. I think what you're talking about is, like, in acting, you get to play a conversation... Yes. With another actor. Yeah, exactly. And even in okay. improv, because we would do yep. improv intensive courses mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. to warm up for, for the rest of our class, uh, still to, it's totally, it's a different world. Well, but yeah, you get to have a conversation with somebody who is acting like they're having a fresh conversation. Yeah. Where in stand-up, you're acting like you're having a fresh conversation with an audience who has never heard what you're saying before. Yeah. So you're you're basically acting a two man scene with somebody who has never heard your dialogue before. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to gauge what their reaction will be and feed on it at the same time as yeah. you are feeding them that dialogue for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Which and there there are comedians so that can so easily. <laughs> it's very gnarly. Bill Burr said that the first time that he went up. He played... Was it Bill Burr? I'm pretty positive it was Bill Burr. He played off... His first time on stage, he played off the audience, like, almost mm, immediately. Just talking to Just talking, like, yeah. delivered some jokes, and then kind of read, like, he analyzed the different routes that it, that he could take it. Like, he was just a super natural at it. Right. And for, you know, for me, basically starting, I, I had to remember my jokes. Otherwise, I, like, my nerves would make me not funny but i if i had to choose between singing and comedy i love comedy better like how it makes you feel yeah yeah the reward yeah Yeah. i mean i did it like i said i did four and a half minutes and i walked off feeling like oh elation I was like, and so, and again, I need to go back up. And now, the, my problem, hold on, go, go back. <laughs> what, what is that difference? Is it the elation? Like, because singing, doing it right. right and having it received well mm. versus... Expectation. I'd well, say of the audience, maybe. I, yeah, expectation yeah. of the audience and all that. But, like, for, for playing in a, in a music setting, you did it correctly with style. And that gets a great response. When you do comedy, it's that feeling of being understood. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, the response to music is more ambiguous. Like, yeah. yeah. Did you just True. like it? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you don't know what the crowd is, uh, like, really feeling. Like, if they like comedy, they will laugh. Like, yes, yeah, totally. Like, if you like music, you might just... You yeah, know, you'll, you don't have to pay attention. You're like, you know, I like didn't really oh, feel your yeah. lyrics, but like that song was really good. Yeah, you don't know what that means. You don't know what they're really thinking. Then I'd be like, fuck this guy, he's a tool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and I think like, okay, when I well, danced. I could be bitchy, but you don't really know. 
Yeah. And you have to like, I fucked up several lyrics of that song, but you don't really know. Yeah, yeah. Versus like, you have to, you have to like be on point in, in comedy. And it's almost like that expectation of yourself. Yeah. I mean, you can, you're looking at the crowd's faces and you're seeing what, yeah. <laughs> what they think of you. So <laughs> you know if they true don't approve. Well, yeah. and you can even hear a fake laugh. Yeah. You like, can tell a fake laugh pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, again, we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring up we're gonna be, bring up Pete Holmes again. Uh, he he Pete Holmes dove into this thing of uh, you can tell it's a fake laugh or a fake orgasm because if you speed it up or slow it down, a real laugh or a real orgasm will sound like a monkey. Like a, yeah. it'll sound like an yeah, animal. Yeah, yeah. Where like a real laugh is like. <laughs> And a, a fake laugh will sound like. That's funny you said that. Scared right now. <laughs> you should be. Uh, so that they also did a uh, Hidden Brain, another podcast from NPR. They the whole science of laughter, and they did that, and they everybody could pick out fake and real laughter. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, it's genuine or it's not, and they're like, you know, the cues of there is that. Which made me think about stand-up, too, is, like, it's some people laugh because other people are laughing. And it oh, it's so genuine. Clutch. It's so clutch when you have a right. rolling laughter. Right. Because it does, it, it, it oh, yeah. creates that social norm of, like, oh, no, I need to laugh, too. And even if it's mm-hmm. they didn't catch the whole bit or the joke didn't land on them direct, like, that laughter can carry in a room. That's why it's almost easier to do stand-up in front of a lot of people sometimes. Right. Until it's way too many people. <clears throat> yeah. Right, right, but, right. Yeah. Because the deafening silence of too many people, I can imagine. Well, it's just hard to relate be... to, like, a lot of people. Right. That too, yeah. To, but but getting more pockets. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, get in a small space with a lot of people, that contagious laughter is really easy to get going. Yeah. Well, and, uh, like, I, I'll equate this back to, like, let's take it out of stand-up. Um have you guys seen a movie that you thought was funny? You've already seen it and you watch it with somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And when yeah. they don't think anything in the movie oh, is hurts. funny, oh. it, it like you think on your second viewing, you're like, yeah. Oh, this movie wasn't as funny as I thought it was. Or like, you're like, yeah. it, it's just this weird thing of, of being surrounded by somebody who's not willing to laugh creates a new context for the joke that you're witnessing. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm forever perplexed <clears throat> at like how context can make these things. And at the same time, this is how we write jokes as comedians, is going to every show and having like thousands of different people listen to a joke... And then eventually you see what is generally accepted as funny. Right. Well, and without, and even, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. and even going back to that movie thing is like my brain does usually doesn't say it's not as funny. It's like, oh, they're fucking, they don't have a good sense of humor. <laughs> but it also, but it, but it fucks <laughs> with your brain with, because right, it right, makes right. it like you don't bust out laughing in the same way that yeah, you yeah. used to. When because you're on you're on edge waiting for you're anticipating yeah. their laughter not your own right? and so that's yeah. that's the weird thing that uh, that like I fuck my brain it's <laughs> like comedy is something that we yeah. want to share yeah and I think absolutely. that's uh, that yeah. is at its core is 
we mm. want to share this. And that's why when somebody tells a joke that doesn't work at all, that's why we feel that insecure pain. Mm. Like, that's They're, why you get that, mm. ooh, bombing. Like, like that's why you yeah. feel that is because yeah. it is that want to connect right. that just didn't make it. I, and I, again, I can't attribute it to... I, there's, I think a lot of comedians say this on a lot of podcasts that I listen to. For the most part, the audience is rooting for you. They oh, yeah. come yeah. to root. For, they want you to be funny. They, they're they're yeah. on your side. They're always going to be assholes, but for the most part, yeah. But, but they still they want to laugh. They yeah. want they, they want, don't want that discomfort of right. you bombing. Like right. unless they're the one guy who's like drunk and on a bunch of coke and yeah. you know just wants to be the center of yeah. attention himself. Like exactly. I can't get over banging my sister from years ago. See, I got <laughs> I got fucking preloaded, dude. Yeah. You just wait, you heck no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, but you're right. You're exactly right. It's that, like, that they want to connect. And you, that's your job as a comedian is like, let's, we're all in this. Like, <laughs> that you're, I want everybody to connect. Like, that's the, the joy of it. And, you know, watching you guys do it, watching my friends and watch, growing up watching it is seeing that it's like, yeah, there's that connection of a group of people. And then when it gets bigger and bigger, it's like, man, you got that many people listening and connecting on this one dude or one gal saying something. And it's like, that's pretty, that's awesome. Like, I love, that's why I love comedy is it's that unique. It wouldn't be a, an art form slash job if people didn't want that connection, right? Okay, to so, laugh. To, so, Bender, Gabby, Aiden, this is to all of you guys. <laughs> Fuck off! No. <laughs> Sorry, this is yeah. this is this is this is perfect for what we're talking about. We in comedy, you were trying to get everyone to connect. It is it is the through line in which your comedy survives is the understanding between all people. Mm-hmm. You could do something that makes everybody laugh, but it will only kind of work up to 25% of hilarity. When you get into more specific areas of comedy and you get really down into the nitty-gritty about what makes people laugh, it's into the specifics. Mm -hmm. So how do you reconcile doing something so specific that only a few people laugh at it or, or at least working up to that place? Like... Where where do you think it's okay to leave people behind because it's funnier for the people that do get it? Because it's any counterculture. It's like a punk band is, is something that, like, it's not only enjoyable because you like the music, it's because other people don't like the music. Like, that, <laughs> that gives you a right. separate oh, enjoyment yeah. of, like, having it be special to you. So how do you make your comedy special and and true to who you are but how do you how do you do that through line where even if somebody isn't in your subculture can still understand what you're talking about but like what like like what how do you how do you want to reconcile those things do you want to abandon them be like fuck them they don't get it like it's the joke is not for them well, I, I defer to Aiden because he's been in it seven plus years. It's like that. I want to know what you think about that because you've kind of gone, you've gone through all the 
like that's a long time to be doing this thing and I think you could probably answer that best. So do you try to do you try to make that through lane or do you try to know that at least at at a specific joke where you're like the punchline is for this group <laughs> like I'm going to I'm going to make the build up worth sticking around for but at the punchline it is for these people. I I just don't know like so yeah, I mean definitely uh earlier on I maybe did sometimes or often take that approach of it's not for those people of way like being very like pseudo intellectual and like uh, if you don't get it you're not supposed to like fuck you kind of approach <laughs> Which, yeah. but that's not really what I do at all these days I think uh, I just try to kind of balance it where like you definitely have jokes for the specific things that you're really into and you want to relate to those people but you have them like sandwiched between like much broader things um, like somebody who I think does that really well or, or what kind of maybe inspired me on this uh, when I was starting out was um, like uh, the guy who headlined I think two weeks ago you remember Curtis Cook yeah yeah when, when I great. when I first saw him he was doing really smart jokes and really broad jokes like back to back where he had this rhythm where he would be have the whole crowd of like two three hundred people and then he would just jut in a couple quick lines that were like too clever for most of those people or just specific and like not lose that rhythm which I, I thought that's a really impressive skill to be able to stay on the topic and diverge just enough to not lose your well that's my favorite like most of my favorite tv shows are ones yeah, exactly that, like, that's even more so yeah yeah like and arrested development a letter yep, kenny yep. where you are going through like the broad strokes are going to make most people laugh. The ones that you aren't paying attention to that if you look back on are genius. Yeah. But, but at the same time, without those, like the, the overarching thing doesn't lose structure. Mm-hmm. Like the, everything should be able to work in tandem with itself. It should all somehow fit together. I mean, with those TV shows, especially cause you could rewatch those kind of things like arrested development. Definitely. The other one I would, always cite is 30 rock where 30 rock just that density where there are those jokes that are very specific honestly brooklyn 99 like they're they're oh, yeah. some of the fastest dialogue i've seen in that show that make me out loud giggle like a schoolgirl. <laughs> just being like <laughs> i don't know a schoolgirl that sounds like that i was but, just gonna say what um, the fuck uh, is school like, girls that? But, you're gonna, you're gonna if, like speed up and slow down some of the laughs yeah, no, if, this, if, right, yeah, right. If, if you sped up that it would sound like a schoolgirl. partially for that but also you got to go back and do when henry was mm. doing oh the, yeah that theory that of chimpanzee fake laughs and See if when you change those two, if we could tell which one's real and fake. So, Henry, to your point, and Aiden, I think you answered it perfectly of how do you leave. It's a balance. You're going to leave some people behind, and that's okay. And you're also, and maybe not. Like, I think finding, like you said, that balance of like, this is for, like, I'm going to say it because it's, it's me and it's clever and if some people get it perfect and if not that's okay too it's like being i think being okay with that and not getting bogged down of like this is who it's for like i think that balance like let me balance my act um this last weekend i went and watched our buddy jesse at broad street and um ryan goodcase was one of the comedians and he's he's very good um very and again 
that he found that balance. He had broad general jokes that everybody could connect to. And, and then he had a few little like... Very specific. Very yeah. specific like... You, who you? Like that's good. And a, someone big name that does that to me very well is Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. He has these broad... And he's very good at painting a picture. And I'd, I'd, I'd give that to you as well, Aiden. Like you're very good at description of like you're painting a story in my mind and he's, he's got a lot of metaphors and it's like he, but he does that. He's, and he'll even say it on a few of his jokes. He's like, blah, 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 blah. And that was for my English majors. And it's like, yeah, like he's very aware of what's happening. And, but, but then he can follow it up by like the basic broadness. And it's that balance of like, I'm going to just seesaw with everybody. Like, so everyone can paint a picture of a mountain. Like, like, like no, honestly, like you you could take that you could take the fucking shape of the mountain, like for right, right, the Matterhorn, right. like mm. like you could paint the Matterhorn, the general shape of it, but it is about those small few details, details that yeah. is in how you depicted Matterhorn. So like you can have all so of these like yetis. basic <laughs> concepts. Yeah, fucking yetis. And you out. can yeah. If you don't have the yeti, then the Disney crowd's gonna be mad with you. <laughs> no, but it. If you can, if you can take this kind of broader subject and inject who you are without de- taking away right, the right. like actual form of the mountain, then you've done your job yeah. as a comedian. You've mm-hmm. you've injected in your own viewpoint without destroying the, the kind of structure <laughs> of what you're talking about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think a good comedian can do that. It's just, but also. Also, or break it down and reconstruct it into something. That yeah, yeah. Helps this is this is the entirely. whole other thing. Is I like I my There's whole no favorite thing to do is is to be like, hey, this is real, and it's bullshit, and I don't like it, and I don't like, I don't think it should be real. But again, <laughs> like basing yourself in this comedic reality that we live in, like that's the funniest shit. Is is just all of the nonsense we have to deal with as people. Yeah, human. That's the funniest part. So when people are trying to like, it's like, oh, I'm gonna make something super ridiculous that happened. It's like, no. What is super ridiculous that happened is we're here now. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. the silliest part. But can can you make how terrible? That is funny. I think so. I, but again, well, but again, I'd say yes, this, 100%. This all, comes, this all comes from my idea that like things are terrible and you should make them funny. When some people come out from them, it's like, everything's normal and that's funny. My thing is everything is terrible and so that's funny. Well, so it's all it's a matter of perspective then, really. Because like, there are some people that normal is funny and maybe it is funny because it's like... Normal. Well, normal is funny like, because it's terrible. Is 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 <laughs> again? This is like a math equation. Like that's like one well, um, thing. Terrible thing, for things you is not fun- terrible for everybody. Exactly. Right. So like my comedy, my comedy theory is things are terrible. Terrible things are funny because they're normal, and normal things are funny because they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Like other people's are normal things are okay. Okay things. Are terrible. Like there's an infinite amount of ways that you can perceive things to make them funny, 
And no matter how you come to terms with that, things are funny. Every equation that you like, one plus one. I hope so. <laughs> one plus one is two is a hilarious equation because you're like this plus plus the exact same thing. Guess what? Is something else. That's funny. You, like that's a joke inherently. Being like an egg plus an egg. Guess what? It's a chicken. <laughs> it's a, no, that's not an egg plus an egg should be two eggs. No, like it's something else entirely. Fuck you. Like, I think comedy is is just math in 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 somebody's way of being like, all right, this is silly now. Right. Math, math, like like a, a a microphone plus a Yeti cooler is a. I don't know. A, a microphone plus a yeti. Joke. A microphone plus a yeti cooler is just a yeti cooler. It's just an Amazon Prime complaint page. <laughs> right. I see what you're saying. You're you're the connection between everything can be made fun of and made light of, and it's funny if we all really like. <laughs> or, if getting, or if we're getting a little crazy here, we're talking about life is funny, like existence is funny. Like, it's crazy that we're even here, and that's funny. Like, it is. It's stupid. It's it's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, it got dark in here all of a sudden. (laughs) Thanks, Henry. No. No. Um, Well, the sun went down. (laughs) Can't be (laughs) sun. The sun been down a long time. (laughs) Um, No, I I mean, I I guess that, and I, I see what you mean. Like, you can... There's there's a skill in recognizing, like, and that's you know, and for a long time, and this dude, I don't know if his podcast is still around. It's called Modern Day Philosophers, and he was a comedian, and he interviewed other comedians. He's like, because we are comedians, are philosophers. They break down life, and they make you think about it differently. And it's true. It's always been true of every comedian. They're if they're good at what they're doing, they make you think about every day, mundane, normal, dick fingers, normal things and like point out like, this isn't, this is, what is that? And it's like, yeah, that's fucking great. You know, like it is, that is a true comedian that can, and we can all laugh about it and be like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. That is like, fucking it, crazy. What, what part of everyday life for you is so buck wild that like, it doesn't make sense? Like, cause there, there are plenty parts of <laughs> like, like people like, again, high school reunions going to them now makes no sense to me. You have been on Facebook. A high school reunion is null and void. You, you see what people but do. But up like, into a certain point, it was a thing. But like now it's like going to a high school reunion is instead of. Proving what you weren't in high school is proving what you aren't on social oh, media. Oh, man, that's a good point. Yeah, nobody's going to go to ours. It's like, it's probably soon, I guess. Yeah, I uh, like, we have one coming up. I I don't think I'll ever be invited to one because I didn't actually graduate with you guys. But it is <laughs> hilarious in my mind that now people, it's not your what you were trying to get away from what you did in high school it's what you're trying to get away from what you present on social media like that's 
Yeah, gone, no, I guess man. you're right. People don't want to show up because then you realize that it's all a lie. Oh, it's all, all it's a lie, or reel. it's all true. Like, or it's all true. Yeah, it's like I only see him at the bars on his stories. Oh, guess what? That's all true. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, I see your point, but also, I, I, I will. <laughs> against my character i will give people credit for you know they're assuming that they you will figure out that that's not all they do you know what i mean hopefully and and even if it is it's like most people are not i most people i don't know i think people in general are like that's in this day and age the fact that we're all connected instantly all the time has changed things dramatically like it's it's no longer a like so you're you know you can say high school reunions are Monday it's like but for people bef- pre-internet like that was the only way like there's the technology boom you're right though it is a different persona online and I was talking about this today with some people is like what you post on fi- for most people, not everybody. I don't. I try not to. I'll share shit that I think like Bobby Hill, hilarious. It's great, but it's like it's a highlight reel. Look at my trip to Mexico. Look at my trip to this mm-hmm. place. Look at my highlight reel. Now, what's going on behind the scenes? We don't know, and we don't. We're all aware of like that's not their whole life. Okay. It's, it's kind of like people want to live on TV. Like right. you never see somebody taking a shit on TV unless it's like <laughs> yeah part of some An comedy plot. Shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, unless it's like a really impressive shit. Like I had a sixteen inch one. <laughs> Scares me. Just a real fucking <laughs> diameter, a, a pipe coiler. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll go into this. Um, I'm 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 going to let our listeners know. I will go to the restroom after I ask this question, but what I'm saying is, like... What are you saying, Henry? I really don't know. I really wish I knew. But, no, we're... When when you have a persona, whether it is comedy, and I think especially in comedy right now, Mm -hmm. online, it is very easy to be an artist persona because you can post your your artwork. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people show their process, some people don't, some people engage in the community, some people don't. When you're a stand-up comedian, most importantly is doing your live performance. Right. And working that out. Mm -hmm. So how, like, being able to be that fake in most every other place, comedy can't fake that. You can make little meme grabs that it's like 10 minute or 10 second like joke that you can get reposted thousands of fucking times. But what about the art of stand-up comedy is different now than other yeah. uh, like being an artist or being a like <laughs> a, a musician? Like what about stand-up comedy has sustained apart from the other things being like a band where you can just get a music video out or do something else. What about being a stand-up comedian sustains through all of that? Like, are you talking about the like live performance, like going to see? No, just all of it. Like, what about it has to sustain? Well, also, by the way, I'm going to make you mad, but the persona thing not working now, it's like it, it did work for a long time for a lot of people. Uh, 
and you're going to get mad, and you should, but Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Like, that dude, that was 100% persona, and he made it work. But he was tapping into a universal truth of like a certain group of people. And I think I will answer that really almost impossible question of why it sustains is because comedy is the truth about human nature just honed to make it like make us giggle about why what we are. I think honestly, that's what I think. But what do you think, Gabby? I mean, that's that's a huge question. She's nodding. No words. No words can say. Sorry, I'm working. Sorry. I, Aiden, what do you think, man? <laughs> that's okay. Sorry. What do you think about like why why it's still rel and especially now like comedy is booming right now. To me, it seems like it is. It's like Netflix and awesome for them. Like sharing. Like uh, <laughs> that question is crazy, but like not crazy in a bad way. It's yeah, just like. Sorry about that. What was no, the question? Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he, I, I, I got think, a little bit lost in, in what yeah, Henry was I'm saying. Totally but it, lost. It's, it's the, like I think the important, I, I think what I took from it was why is, how is comedy still, per, you know, persisting through all the other art forms that are available through social media and YouTube? And it's like, I, I like I said, to me, it's like, it's because there's relatability and it's it can be specific or not specific and i think mm-hmm. anybody can watch stand up and hear something that they agree with mm-hmm. and laugh and feel that good you know that good feeling but i don't know that's a it's a very deep question i don't know if it can be answered in i feel like it's the not the one art cuz i don't feel like the majority of music is like eh, it depends i feel like it's the <laughs> one art that that is uh relatably unpretentious if that uh so like the art of the people yeah (laughs) like it's like the people's elbow everyone wants it honestly i could get that because (laughs) anybody like it's the argument that anybody could drop picasso not everybody could everyone could make fun of a picasso though Mm-hmm. Like, like it's, it's your art in making fun of something. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think of stand-up as just the art of making fun of stuff, everybody's doing it these days because everybody's in this, like, ironic internet culture. So mm-hmm. they're all... Everybody individually together thinks that they're outsider commenting upon stuff. <laughs> right. Which really, they're all the same, but that's why we all think we could do stand-up comedy. Everybody... I think why it's so popular is because everybody wants to do it these days. Right. I meet so many people who are... are fascinated by it because they kind of fancy like oh maybe i could do it i I encourage everybody but i think that's a big part of it so we live in such this uh kind of like selfish narcissistic time where everybody's like yeah i gotta be the person talking and saying stuff in my opinion and i think that so i agree have a negative take on it but no i I, dude i think you're right i think the social media aspect adds to that of like everybody has a voice now and everybody mm-hmm. can see that voice so why not try the com- comedy route because it's like you know you hear J- joe rogan talk about it a lot of like back in the day it was kind of it was that cutthroat a little bit because it wasn't as it was like competitive it was like oh i'm going for the show i need a sitcom like that was kind of the end goal was like i need to do this comedy thing to get a sitcom yeah, be, I mean, well, be like, on TV, but now it's like the fact that anybody can post a YouTube video or an Instagram thing or a podcast, and it's like I think you're right in saying that I don't, 
I, I could see how it may be perceived negative, but I think you're right where everybody realizes that they can be heard. And that's a human thing of like, I want affirmation. I want to be noticed. Like that's just human. But I, I do love that. Like the scene itself prevents the people that like, again, that made fun of us in high school the entire way without creativity. Like, there, there's something to be said that, like, stand-up comedy is not something for the faint of heart. You you have to have a unique opinion in order to be in it. It, it, it is like being a reporter. It's like, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would love to go into video game reporting and, like, talk about the new video. Like, Polygon is full of people that love the industry and are just genuine fans, but are good at what they do and have genuine opinions. Stand-up comedy is no different where you have to separate yourself. You have to have a unique opinion or a unique take. Yeah. You could... I mean, like, to be good at it, but definitely, like like any art form these days, it's so much easier to get your stuff kind of out there. Like oh, you were saying yeah. back in the, oh, in the past, it was sure. like, you got to get into those clubs. There's a limited... And, and then try to get a show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now everybody can do it on a very small scale. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's well, just and so, some people can hustle harder too. Like oh, yeah. I've 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 seen a lot of the YouTube people that it's like, oh, you can just hustle harder and you post more videos and you'll like hashtag harder than I will, and you're gonna get more views based on your work ethic in that. But at the same oh, yeah, time, yeah. It, it, it to me it goes down to like it's like again you have to have something interesting to say. Like at, at the end of your day, is your one YouTube video like I have I have plenty of YouTube videos that I relish for about five seconds and then uh-huh. dropped. And then there's that some, you've made no oh just no, watching just just watching okay. as a, uh-huh. as a YouTube consumer. And then I have some that have like balloon shop and and picnic face. Like all yeah. of these people have like sustained throughout time. It's like, oh, this is great comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Timelessly. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it's it goes back into putting in the work. You can make something that's super dumb and super low budget that will la- stand the test of time. Well, and, or you can yeah. make something that will you can push super hard and try to go for and it'll maybe get viral or whatever and then it'll fade away. But I think comedy goes back into that thing of is it unique? Is it a real perspective that you put in the work? I, I might kind of counterpoint you on this in that Please I think don't. I think all that like hustling, all the all the stuff that's not actually about working on your craft is much more likely to make you successful oh and and also i think that comedy uh relative to other art forms doesn't age well at all so like talking about like timelessness it's comedy is all about context so you know in 20 years whatever is funny now Mm. it's not gonna be funny anymore like the vast majority of i mean we did start out talking about monty python which is like the only thing from that era that is still funny to people these days 
and, and they still don't get some of the jokes now. So that's so that's what I'm trying to trying to like my my through thread of all of this is is making something like slapstick. Mm-hmm. Will forever be funny. Like somebody losing their hat and catching it in a funny way will be funny forever. Um, like so <laughs> blowjob joke, like dick yeah. joke, all the like any anything through like being sad, your wife not understanding you, like all of these things are through lines of comedy that can last forever but if if you can make them iconic if mm-hmm. you can make them like a part of who you are and your impact that is kind of your like what you want to do with comedy is 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 put in those small instances when you can really add a personal touch into a ongoing thread in comedy there are things that will always be funny, oh, yeah. things that people will always connect with, but if you are just going on with what people like, if people if there was a damn Daniel comedian still, he would be out of work. Like uh-huh. they would just a like what? Say it again. Damn Daniel. Damn Daniel. Damn Daniel. I don't know what that is. Back in the day, it, was like, it happened for like a hot second, like again. three years ago. Maybe I'm too yeah. old. It so, was exactly three years ago shocking now. Shocking news. Oh. But, but again, Even it, then, it's I'm one of those told. things that if we're going to be talking about trends within like comedy or any of these things, so, now we're on the, the hyper end of that. Okay. So I guess, let me, let me unpack yeah. your big, what's, I guess for me, the way I would answer what you're presenting is why is it, pres- it's, and I see what leaving a mark in that comedy world, it's I like my glaring example and again Aiden made a good point too it's like a lot of it does not age well definitely not mm-hmm. but what does age well are the truths the un- and oh, yeah. that's a universal truth and George Carlin was one of the best at pointing out shit that goes on that's like what are we doing and it's mm-hmm. still relevant today and mm-hmm. comedians everybody talks about those un- and that's I think that's my answer to your why is it persist? It's because if you can tap into the, the human nature, if to get to know people and humans, like we're fucking weirdos, we do some weird shit. And if you can tap into that and then be like, well, here's my take on it. And it's unique that somebody else hasn't pointed out. And it's like, that is that I see that. And it's like, that's, that's, that's a good goal to have, right? Well, dude, when somebody <laughs> when somebody says something and you just have to look at them and be like, <laughs> "You got it!" Like that's that's that weird comedy thing of like, yeah. I don't have a response, right? Right. Because what you said was true, mm-hmm. and like even when it goes against who you want to be, like if somebody tells you something about yourself, I I love listening to comedians of other race talk about white people because there are things that I hear that I'm like, Oh, you got me. Like (laughs) it's, it's not, it's not like a special thing I seek out, but it's something that like hearing a truth, like makes you giggle a little more. And it should, it's, it should be pointed like the flaws of being a person is like, there's, and that's, again, the comedian's job and 
some do it really well is like pointing out like look at what what this is like what is this this is kind of silly let's point that out so if if we're if we're agreeing that that comedian's (laughs) job is to tell truth oh definitely I mean, like, also to lie, but mostly to, oh, yeah. to, to lie for sure. But you got to lie to get to the truth, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, I don't know. Is, that sounds way too profound. I didn't come up with that. I yeah, promise. yeah, that's a common thing. But so, it's, it's real. <laughs> so when, <Exciting>. like, <laughs> when we're when the affirmation. What do you what do you think it is like in in just society, like if we're going to politics, oh, Jesus. to say that a comedian. I think it's Jesus. Has no. Well, no. Well, now you're right. No, it's it's to go down a road to tell people where they're at, like or remind them, maybe. Yeah, even remind Mm -hmm. them, like, but like this this pathway that, like, in stand-up comedy, you have the ability to lead people down a a mental path. They're Mm -hmm. willing in no other way. Like, if you say, like, he listened to this TED talk. People are gonna be like, no. No, if you yeah, like best hey, Kermit voice. No, right. Hey, listen to this TED talk. Um, it'll enlighten you. It will enlighten you. I know what you mean. I, I see but what like, you're saying, Henry. I think your point, and correct me if I'm wrong, is comedy and stand up comedy is a unique thing and it always will be because it's because of the way, like, yes, there are, we can listen to songs that we connect with, but when you hear someone, and again, it goes to that science of laughter. Like, why are we laughing? And it's like that because it's the ridiculousness of it. And it's true. And it and it hits home. And you're like, that is why. Yeah. Like, I, is, I think I, I agree with you. It's like it is. It will always be pretty unique when it's done well. Well, just, right? just in the fact that, like, we can lead somebody down a mental pathway and throughout the entire way if they're laughing at the end of it is because they agree and we've we've come even to better a, if they disagree but they laugh because it's such a good joke well no if they've <laughs> like, laughed oh. throughout the entire way then they at least agree with part of it yeah they yeah. at least acknowledge some truth to what you're saying right and that's that's what i'm saying is like that's the the through line between like all of this nonsense and disagreement <laughs> is like right. it's like if somebody's able to laugh with something they at least acknowledge a certain truth through line right. through everything. Laughter is the to. way. Laughter and love. Right, Gabby? Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? What do you think about God, that? Gabby, I mean, that's so fucking sound. This is the least I've heard out of Gabby. Well, well you keep talking. You do oh. keep talking. <laughs> well, to be right. fair. To be fair. <laughs> um, Good point. But Gabby, for you... And then we'll go to Aiden, too, because Aiden, you're, I need to hear your perspective on that. And I think... Yeah, you're the special guest. No, but... Okay, so... But Gabby, you've done you've done stand-up, and is, you're telling some truths up there, right? Yeah. I, yes, you are. You're, you're you talking about... mentioned that you're tall. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's low-hanging fruit, no, I know. That's... And so, like, when I, when, we were, when, I, or when I came in, you were talking about, like, self-deprecation. Like, people, for some reason, fucking love self-deprecation, but that is the lowest-hanging fruit of comedy. Also. I love Gabby said that, for some people, self-deprecation is the thing. It's just people with no confidence. Gabby's well, but it's no hilarious idea. still. Right. Like, nonetheless, that's what, like, why Louis C.K., that's what... I think propelled Louis C.K. was his his self-deprecation. Well, and, yeah, I agree. And I think 
you say it's low hanging fruit, but if you're funny, it's funny. Absolutely, definitely. You know? So give it's, yourself some credit there. It's like low hanging fruit, but in a sense, it's more uh, like a foundation. Like right. mm -hmm. you know, if you're building something, you need to start with something yeah. on the sturdy on the bottom, which is the correct. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah, like you're... yeah, legs to stand on, like a tall person. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See. <laughs> Just jokes, no. just jokes coming out. I'm here for a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that much money. I have like $2. I can give you like one or two of those swipes. <laughs> um, but Aiden, for you, it's, you know, is is that what, you know, feeling that, and I'm, I'm not going to assume, I'm just going to ask, like, what, what is it about comedy, comedy that makes you do it and keep doing it? You know, is it, is it, and I know that's, that's kind of a big question, but like to Henry's point of like, is it because you like, and I, I'm with you a hundred percent, but I want to hear your take on like what it is you get out of it, you know? Um, I mean, it's definitely just, it's one of those like addictive things, like mm -hmm. uh, doing, doing well with stand-up comedy is just immediately rewarding. feels really good. A lot of people describe it like, like doing drugs and it has that that rush to it yeah. um so like i definitely have those like selfish reasons for it i mean mm -hmm. i feel like i'm not doing something pointless also because people right. do enjoy it um i mean like definitely having like different jobs a lot of the jobs i've had i felt like there's no reason i'm doing this like i worked at a um a horse warehouse in town it's called riding <laughs> warehouse yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know it yeah i was like endlessly rearranging uh the warehouse just shuffling stuff around and sending like pointless horse knickknacks to people i was like this is not a worthwhile use of my time like yeah like i feel better now working at a restaurant like people are getting food out mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. and so like stand up at least as much as it's like a ego thing and like a thing that i do for selfish reasons right it's like at least this endeavor gives people some good like it feels Absolutely. good to laugh at least yeah. i'm doing something that has some positive definitely thing man. for it also and i love hearing that like that's what i would take away from that and and definitely pump that up is like it is your what comedians do is important comedy like laughing and feeling good about something that oh we're not supposed to laugh why not why the fuck not laugh it's feel it feels good let's get it's solidarity it's yeah that i mean connection. i'm pretty i'm a really selfish person but that's one of the only things i can do for other people <laughs> that seems to like be <laughs> like, decent. like that's a truth that's funny i'm to admit that i'm a selfish person like that's a that's funny because it's we can all agree that all of us have that part of us that like i'm kind of selfish well yeah, yeah. everybody's a fucking selfish person i like Oh, hold on, hold on. Can, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him finish. I was I was just gonna <laughs> ask I was just gonna ask this one thing of like the the idea that you couldn't do anything else when people when people say it's mm -hmm. like well I'm a comedian because I couldn't do anything else at a certain point I like I've always said it's like oh well I have a lot of other skills and I could probably work in the restaurant industry or do these other things. But honestly, I do resonate with that, where I think what I'm best at is this weird thing, yeah. doing this. And I, I, I see that in you as well, where I'm like, I could see you performing well at whatever you chose to do, but I think you're the best at 
comedy. Like for like, I think what you could do best in your life is is pursue this one thing, and I think you should. So I like, how do you grapple with? It's like other people could be a doctor or a great chef. Like how how do you go into? Yeah, I guess I used to think I could do all kinds of things and was very much like, oh, like I want to do all this different kind of art stuff, and I have like a little bit of talent in most of it, but. That was the only thing that, uh, like, I tried it, and I was like, okay, I can keep doing this. Um, I, I, like, I don't know. Like, I would like writing, but I was not motivated to do any other type of writing. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I think back to your point of, like, you're giving, you're bringing some, something to the table of, like, you're giving something back to people. Even after you say yourself, it's like, yeah, that's a that's a noble thing to think about. It's like, yeah, you're you like to make people laugh. That's that's important, a hundred percent. To me, it is to, especially in these, you know, in this time, and it's like, it's good to laugh and it feels good. And I, comedians are on my high high list of important people because well there's probably like, like more real important things you could be doing to affect positive change that's just the possible. easiest one right right <laughs> i don't know well, it's not well, easy for me for me it's okay. the easiest one oh, like i couldn't okay. do something else to help people i would but, that, but again like, i wouldn't my, want to <laughs> my sister is so much more like oriented to like doing like helping atoms. out somebody else like i'm so much better at making a joke about it mm-hmm. like i could bring better awareness to something through a joke than i could by telling people to do it or volunteering to do it. so oh, that's true yeah for every person and their their capabilities there's a way for you to engage mm-hmm. but if if your best way is making fun of everything then you should do that wholeheartedly right I don't know. It's it's a weird no. I split. I think it has to do with the rules of comedy and of improv is to just commit. Well, period. Yeah, commit. Just yeah. commit. If you're gonna suck, suck real bad. Suck gonna, real hard. Suck real hard. If you're gonna be I real, think that's like, the porn too. Also. <laughs> yeah, right. you're gonna suck, for suck porn, real hard. For comedy, stand up, for improv, just oh, yeah. I for relationships, like it's I think it's just a universal rule. Just Ooh, commit. Yeah, just commit. suck real hard. <laughs> No, I liked it. I, yeah, that's I feel like a good... the suck real hard part seems more true. <laughs> <laughs> Committing to, like, yeah. Not too hard, though. Yeah. Well, not too hard. Yeah. Uh, uh, it'll pop a blood vessel. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean, all good points. And um, let's, let's bring us back out of the deep philosophical oh, yes. thing. Um, <laughs> As much as it is very important, and I love talking about it. But For people who are just listening, uh, Jordan and Gabby both look like they're trying to get baby birds to fly away. Yeah. Go fly. <laughs> it's pretty much dead. I, I'm going to try. Or I'm just I, like, I was just cupping balls. Or, giant, no, oh, those balls. are giant They're just like... Okay. <laughs> they're just, I didn't conceive the balls. They're just rotating them into the olive oil in their walk. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they're yeah, drowning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's really sad. Um, sorry. No, that's good. That's good. I sometimes I forget that we don't have the video element, and that's okay. Do we? Um, I I have an argument against that, and I'll tell you after. Um, So something that pops up in my head that I want to ask you about too. Of, um, and I love 
your hosting style and you run a good show like you get people out and you're very like it's it's really to me I'm, I'm appreciative of it because again i was able to go perform for the first time and feel pretty comfortable about it and um some that and this is <laughs> this is not a heavy hitting question where did you get the idea for the banana logo for comedy night? So you have a cardboard oh, yeah. cutout of a banana, and it says comedy on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know there's a story behind that. I kind of need to know. So that yeah, there's there's a bit of a story to it. Uh, when I was producing my first show, which is where where Henry first did stand up uh, out at this warehouse, um, mm-hmm. like out by the airport. Awesome. You got me that second beer too fast, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a show that also used to give away free Pacificos. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You were talking. But about that was because it because their yellowness matched the banana theme, which oh, was okay. already there. Uh, because um, like I had to design. I when you are, are doing comedy in a small town, you have to do everything yourself. You there's right. no you have to be producer, promoter, booker, MC, all of it. Yeah. Um, and so I was trying to design a poster and I was like, what, how do you make it clear that it's a comedy show? Right. But not be fall into cliches. Like you always see like microphones on flyers or mm-hmm. there's that shitty, like, um, glasses with the big nose thing sometimes. Oh, oh yeah. 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 The, Oscar, uh, the Mar- Marco or, uh, Marco Grouches. Or, uh, <laughs> who the fuck am I thinking? Groucho Marx. Marx. Yeah. Marco Groucho. <laughs> Even I, better. I, I, that's I, a good band it. name. Marco See, I thought, Groucho. I thought you... <laughs> Groucho Marx. Sorry. Yeah, I meant to say that. Yeah. Groucho, Harpo, and Carl, the Marx yeah. brothers. Yeah. But unintended comedy right there. For, for it was intended, but okay. For no, a while, but I'm that, was, take credit. But that, that was that was a huge part of the shows, and like, and it was, was it the was banana. banana. It was the banana theme, and yeah. it, it worked but really why, well. So, why so why bananas? bananas? Yeah, why bananas? Uh, they're funny. <laughs> um, no, but but they're, you, have to do you like can the slip on them. Thing? You can slip on them. So yeah. So I figured they were symbolically uh, like a humorous thing enough, but uh, I think the real, actual, inciting inspiration for it was I was watching uh, like it's always sunny with the commentary on. Yeah. And they were talking about how whenever they do something that they think is going to be too dark mm-hmm. to, to put in the episode, they would just put a banana in the character's hand. <laughs> <laughs> so they would have, like, Mac eating a banana. And they're like, perfect. yeah, it lightens the mood. And yeah, so I was like, definitely. yeah, bananas are funny. I'm going to use that. And then there's, like, so many other inspirations. Like, yeah. uh, I, like we go back to Arrested Development. There's always money in the banana Thanks. stand. I even have the little Bananagrams pouch that I put money in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's also the phallic symbol, too. I yeah, know. it's also, yeah, it's also, also just like, phallic. Yeah, dicks uh-huh. are funny. A hilarious thing to have. It's bright yellow. It's got a stem on it. That's silly in general. It has, like, aesthetic... Yeah, and then, of course, like, Andy Warhol and stuff, too. It's, Mm -hmm. like... That's less comedy, but it's also part of the inspiration. It's like like asking somebody, why is a fart funny? It's like, a fart is funny because... Have you heard a fart? Yeah, and since I can't draw like, a fart in bananas, you know, yeah. Like, that noise will forever... I guess you could draw shit, but that seems too graphic but to again, yeah. everywhere. But the the fart is funny. Like, the act of taking a shit is em- also funny, as yeah. wholeheartedly embarrassing and very funny. Yeah, but like most of my material is shit jokes these yeah. days. <laughs> but, yeah, again, the, it's like 50%. Jokes. It's, yeah, it's... It, but again, the, uh, all of these things go back into truth and like 
What, like, what are we sharing in this terrible moment that we all have to endure, no matter what? But also, talk about relatability. Everyone shits. Well, everybody's no, had a banana. Let's talk about it. Everybody's, everybody's had a banana in their hand. Most people eat bananas. Shits yeah. too. And I was eating them, like, every day. It was also part of the inspiration. Like, that was just one thing that's, like, convenient. I could take to work with myself and, like, have it for emergency food all the time. It has its own container. Well, and I also just loved the idea that, like, when we were setting up for shows, the banana was something that might have been convenient, but at the end of the day, we were worrying about setting up banana peels, where, like, in comedies, it is something, a character eats a banana and leaves laying on the ground, and then somebody comes and slips on, when we were, like worrying about our banana peels was a whole amazing oh, yeah. like second were, were you even there when uh, I would leave a trail of bananas yeah. it was so hard to find the venue that we had to be like leave bananas in the street like hopefully people figure it out it's perfect but so yeah it was one of those of things that I loved just that that we were worrying so much about banana peels when in comedy it is something that somebody oh, literally yeah, leaves behind because they forgot about it. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. I mean it was it was weird back then too. I used to um I had a lot of time on my hands back in those days. I would carve the 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 show details onto bananas and leave them around town. I hope people found those. That's awesome. Because that was insane. I Um, yeah, we did this really cool thing just now uh, to our audience where, like, uh, Gabby was counting on me and Aiden talking through, yeah, we, through this conversation. Uh, oh, just she actually just it's okay, Henry. And, I know you'll no, carry no, it anyway. I, like, I, just want our, I, just, I just want our listeners to be able to go back and try to figure out what she whispered to Bender because I'm very jealous and I don't know what she said. <laughs> Everybody wants to know secrets. You know, if you lower your voice, people try to listen. You know, you yell at them, they'll ignore you. <laughs> we should just all do the rest of the episode whispering. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. She said, Ric Flair is the best fake wrestler on earth. Okay, I don't, know that. I don't think she knows the wrestler. Nature Boy. <gasps> uh, I don't know about the wooing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this um, microphone's good enough. I think. Can you hear us? It is. That's. Can you hear us? But I'm gonna talk. I'll be the straight guy in this one. <laughs> nothing. Nothing odd is happening. Um, there are not aliens sitting in the living room slash dining room slash fireplace room. Um, well, thank you again. And I miss a lot of the banana because I had to go pee because I have a bladder like a child and an old grandma or something. A child and well, a child grandma. grandma. One. Well, hold um, on. Both of them, you should be able to hold it for a long time now. No, definitely not. Never, never. Um, but that's, and and that is, I am satisfied with what I heard. I was like, I, I knew it came from a place of like, not just a random choice of like that. I was like, there, I need to know the banana story. Yeah, there was like the one inciting thing, and then there's a lot of other reasons mm. after the fact. I'm like, oh yeah, it's because of this. Like, and that's even a bunch of bullshit. Someone just asked me that last week, like, why the banana? I'm like, well, it's comedy. Have you it's seen like Universal's have you cartoons seen bananas? and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're funny. Like funny, just like dicks. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you seen bananas in pajamas? It's the phallic symbol. <laughs> bananas. <laughs> and, and, and maybe even 
that's maybe actually my only problem with it is that it's too dick centric and then it's like oh comedy's already not inclusive (laughs) (laughs) yeah but have you ever seen somebody sculpt a vagina out of a banana it's crazy i've seen it i haven't seen that i i heard um there was this old uh chelsea peretti who's on the show you were talking about (laughs) she she did a bit about smashing up a banana and like (laughs) licking it out of her hand like like out of the like vagina symbol rather than because she's like oh it's too phallic so this is what i do when i eat a banana she does uh, for anybody listening go on youtube and watch uh chelsea Peretti's opening monologue for the writers guild of america awards yep she fucking kills it so so good so So hard no she she kills it so good like for any like any oscar person who could have hosted they didn't do as good as as Chelsea Peretti. Uh, and what are the Oscars you speak of? Oh, no. See what I did there? Um, I, don't I was, care I was, about going, I was going to boycott the entire Oscars, but they brought back the cinematography and editing uh, categories. They brought sexy back. And well, they said, they let's keep it under three hours this time, guys. They got rid of no, some, somebody, yeah. so they were going to get rid of the editing, the cinematography, like all these different major categories from the Oscars. And oh, I was what? like, Those hold are on, that's how you make movies. Right. That's the important that's, shit. Honestly, when I heard that, uh, and they, good one. Did you get any on you? Um, oh, no, yeah. I, I love burping on microphone. No, I'm please just, do. Brought no, please was all do. brought up. Too bad you weren't. What? Oh, <laughs> oh. But I I yeah. agree. It's like, why would you cut out? Let's give, like, when they're, like, it's all about editing. The actors. It's like, no, there's fuck. This, there's yeah. a Screen Actors Guild Award. It's like, we get yeah, we the got actors you the, the sag. time. You're saggy. Get out. <laughs> but, like, Go get more Botox. For Come all back. the Oscars and shit, like, that is, like, that is for the people who did the sound editing. Right. And did the, like, everything else involved in the movie. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm so happy they, even though it's fucking bullshit, they couldn't find a fucking host. That's silly and I stupid. I haven't been following this. They Who? don't have a host at all. No, no. host. Okay. No host at the Oscars. So what are they going to do? They're going to all They're bring each other up. <laughs> random presenters, which is basically what they have anyways. It's just going to be without an opening monologue. I'm assuming. But okay. either who way, hosted last year then? I don't remember. Do you know? I don't Fuck know. If I know. Yeah. Um, so maybe no. it doesn't matter. Well, no, it, it has, it has mattered less and less uh, yeah. at, at certain points for like the Tony's fucking, um, I like that pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Tony's who, who is Wolverine? Jesus Christ. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Huge. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Like he's he, and he he's can, Ackman. he was on Broadway that year. He did. I'm on Broadway. He did an amazing. He did amazing, like opening monologue there. That sounded it's a incredible. lot more like. Uh, like <laughs> so Life's at this point, alley. we need to let the audience in on a little secret. There has been whiskey poured, and we've imbibed. So, again, back to sorry. I just snorted some by accident. That's why I, <laughs> I had to. It's this. This one's. It's going off the rails, but staying close. Like we're almost off the rails, but we're not. Um, no, no, we're, we're so sorry. We're right, we're right close. We're we're gonna come in our on our ending. Sorry. So the for the Tonys and the, and what are the Tonys? See, here's here's Probably. my. 
Okay, so that's strictly for... Is it the Oscars for Broadway? So you know what an EGOT... Essentially? You know what an EGOT is. I don't, man. EGOT. So an EGOT is the... Is it Emmy, a bird? Is an Emmy. <laughs> you, if you have an EGOT, there, oh. are only ve- there are very few EGOTs in Hollywood as in history. It's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar... And the Tony. Tony. Okay. It's an EGOT. Uh, John Legend just got... It was the first black person to win an EGOT ever. Hmm. Um, it's incredible. Like, if anybody can do all that shit, it's... I mean, his last name kind of makes it so. Yeah, I well, am he, John Legend. He, he the legendary. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh. So, I, so here's my, my whole take on the awards show shit. Um, I don't care. Now, I do care when they're like, hey, these dudes made the movie. Those actors went up there and pretended to be somebody else, and they cried a little bit. And they well, so they so they, they brought it, they brought it back. They, they, they canceled I, I support out shitting on actors. And they canceled out all those awards Especially and said that they were going to be done on commercial time, and then mm. like the entire like cinematic community came back and was like, "Hey, They're we important. make your movie, right?" Put us in the movie, or we won't make your movie anymore. Well, if they're not there, your movie's not getting made. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> guess what? Like, see who edits the Oscars. Like, if you yeah. if you're gonna put in like <laughs> the Oscar for editing, we yeah. won't edit your Oscars. Right. Like, and and that I do love. I feel like editing is the most important part of filmmaking these days. Yeah, it's your second director. Honestly, like if if you can hire a director who will work with your actors and your cinematographers and everything, put it forth vision. Well, but yeah, if, just like a lot of modern content is like purely about the editor, like whoever's exactly chopping it. Yeah, up if and, if you can't get somebody to convey your vision in the timing you want it, mm. your movie isn't what you want it. Yeah. A lot of trimming and like, oh shit, we don't need that, or we do Just need that, and that's more important. Even like, a half a second, like a right. half second in a scene means everything. Oh, yeah. Whatever song you're putting in there means everything. Oh, yeah. So that, as far as conveying your vision goes, that's where, again, I, when somebody was like, oh, this person had help writing their stand-up set, I do understand... I'm like, yeah, man. I, plenty of people have told me funny things to say. Saying them in the way and in the timing that I wanted to say them, I'm my editor. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, like <clears throat> this is, I'm, I'm directing my stand-up. You may have given me a great line. Oh, yeah. But that's like being your editor and your director is, is knowing how to work with your audience. Um, well, and making it your voice. Like, well, your, yeah, your I think, voice. You know, I know Amy Schumer got a lot of shit because... Well, she fucking actually stole right. a bunch of shit. And and stealing well, jokes is different from having people having people, And yeah. that's the thing is like, that was the dispute is she didn't say steal these jokes. It's like that, uh, uh, you know, and... Aiden, that's something else we talked about with Jesse is like originality and, you know, it's the parallel thing because that does happen. Parallel thing. It's like oh, there's yeah. there's a there's there's a, you know, the, you know, it happens like oh, I've a subject that's been explored. But it's like if you can find a unique way and, you know, you've been doing it long enough and I'm sure you've seen it. And I've seen it personally at at some open mics where I'm like. 
and I'm not, I don't name names because I don't fucking, I'm not, gotcha. But <laughs> you see some people saying things and I'm like, I know what that is. You know, that's actually a well-known bit. Yeah, I've heard that before. Not from this, not, not you from know, you telling me. <laughs> right, and it's like this this crowd, you're getting away with it and nobody's going to be vindictive enough to, oh, yeah. I don't think, to go up and be like, but as a concerned like listener too, it's like at what point do you say, "Hey man, like that's not your joke." Like, are you, you know what I mean? Because there, I, I've been listening and watching enough to be like, I hear this one dude repeat something, and I'm like, that's not your joke, and you're yep. playing it like it is, and I. I'm like, it's not my place to go up and be like, hey, man. Yeah, it's definitely possible people aren't aware, but once you tell them, then you got to see if they right. keep doing it. Right, and that's the thing is like, there could be, again, it could be a coincidence and like, that's the, you know, like, oh, yeah, that concept has been thought about and it is really close to what you say, but when it's word for word, you're just like, no, that's not okay. Well, and I'm, I wonder if you're, the and I'm sure like when you're writing jokes, it's like that comes across of like, you know, and and you have a community of comedians to just kind of reach out to and be like, hey, have you heard this yet? You know, I don't know if you do that or not, but. Yeah, I mean, sometimes if you, it happens where we'll share stuff with each other when we was, like, people have asked me and I've asked people when I come up with a joke, I'm like, that sounds like somebody else. And I'll right. ask people and <clears throat> people will ask me. Yeah. And, and then sometimes you find out, oh, yeah, that is right. where, where that came from. Or but then is that also part of the collective consciousness? I mean, like, oh, man. we're going to go of. back into the deep end, man. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, well, that's I think that's how the parallel thinking thing happens is, is that it's in the collective consciousness. And it's just sometimes you have to abandon it if somebody else beat you to it. I, I, I had this whole bit about like the um, the absurdity in what everyone takes as fact. Like being like talking about molecules and like like going into like like atoms and all this shit. And I was like, this is so absurd and crazy that we all just take for fact and move along with our daily lives. I was writing this huge bit about it. And then I watched Pete Holmes' new yeah. stand-up special, and it like there's this whole section that goes oh. into the exact same thing mm-hmm. that I'm no. talking about, and it was amazing because I was like, okay, I'm clearly like my mind is trying to tap into something yeah. that is like accepted and like it, mm-hmm. it is a part of this whole thing, but somebody got to it first, yeah, right, and that's and okay, I, like, I think, and I like I have to like mm-hmm. I have to do my research now and I have to do my due diligence about seeing it's like all right I can always like take myself away from from the the popular culture and and try to hide myself away and write something special but even when I do that I'm probably along the lines of somebody else so finding your real voice is mm-hmm. is more important. Mm-hmm. Is how can I say what I want to say within all of this better if I do it like me, as opposed to trying to find out this like one right. line of truth that will lot like cross yeah. over everything that will be written over mm-hmm. seven times before I get to it. How right. do I do it like me? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think. Again, that's, you know, 
the eternal challenge of like being original. It's like there, you're not always going to be straight original, but it's like yeah. if your if your joke is better and it's not word for word, and it's because there's plenty of comedians that play along those similar observations and it's like each one is unique Mm -hmm. and they're funny it's like it's close but it's not the same and it's funny they're both funny so it's like that's like that's writing that hard line of like yeah yeah there's a lot of times i hear comics coming up with a really well-trod topic but their their perspective is just like a little different they have a slightly Mm -hmm. different approach to it it's like yeah that's totally fine like yeah I mean, that's something people obviously want to hear jokes about. That's why there's so many. But as long as yours is not one that they're already hearing, go for it. There was a comedian last, this girl that went up last week. I don't know if you remember her joke. But to this day, I swore that I had thought the same thing and I was going to write that because I like to text myself a lot. But that's that that's I the perfect amount of comp. Like, that is something that, like, But let me finish, Henry. I'm just saying, like, damn it. I'm just saying that, that that is like, that's the perfect form of comedy is somebody saying something on stage that you're like, I swear I thought that the other day. Like, that is what your goal is as a stand-up comedian, is to have your audience be like, holy shit, I just thought that yeah. earlier But today. when you're a but comedian you... that wants to perform it, you're like, fuck, someone else just used it before <laughs> so me. So you jot it down as, like, no. Yeah, and it's, like, it's literally, it was the same verbiage that I'd used before, and oh, I was, like, really? I was, like, that, and I was, like, did I say it out loud and she was around? Like when I said it? Yeah, it's kind of fucking subtle. Probably not. Who? I I saw I was going crazy. What was the joke? It was. It said like, uh, cause she's she was a single girl living in the dorms, and she was talking about how um, there's no greater turnoff to a guy than a funny girl. Oh. And I was like, God damn, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna guess it's Kayla Kramer. Yeah, it was one of the girls. She's talking about the long nipple hair. Oh god, <laughs> that's Kayla Kramer. I don't know. I wasn't that's there. Kayla Kramer. Um, and she's I a super swear funny comedian. To god, I swear to God, I was like, I, I totally thought that same thing before, and I was going to use that in the future. And then, I, and then I like that when she said I was, I laughed. And I was like, fuck, I thought that same thing. It's it's funny because so like, uh, collective. Uh, that that bit must have been really good i was i actually wasn't there for the show last week but noelle was telling me about the same joke yeah where she was like oh yeah there was this one joke i really liked it and you know what it must have been a good one to be fair to be fair it is a very familiar premise not saying it's the same joke that she took from somebody else but i've heard you know whitney cummings talks about you know, it's hard to date when you're this funny. Oh yeah, it's definitely so. It's a, a premise that's, that's it's like, and then there goes that parallel thinking of right. like, it's it's a very it's a very well known premise, and that's you know that gets into the yeah. territory of like make you know all premises are like, you know, Dave Attell is one of those comedians whose other comedians are like, yeah. I want Dave. I want to make like if Dave tells in in the back, they want to make Dave laugh there because mm-hmm. it's that high praise because he's such a studied and like he he does it. That's his. That's what he does. But but again, it goes. It, it all travels back to your specifics. Well, and that so Dave Attell will call other comedians and say, "Hey man, have you ever heard of something like this?" Because he wants it to be his own, and it's like that careful preparation. It's like. 
yeah, at a point it's like you just, you know, but he's so he's been in it so long, and it's like that's fair of him to and like good on him for being like this premise is like I'm I think it's different, but like he checks in and it's I'm like it's just kind of one of those like <laughs> fuck yeah, dude, that dude is a like. He wants the he wants to give the best he can give and not be, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, somebody else did that better. And if and he's conceded and it's like on record, he's like, yeah, somebody else beat me to that. Damn it! All right, well, got to think about it. Is there some other angle I can take with it? If not, I'll move on to another premise. Um, you know, fuck we. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, fuck David <laughs> David Rosenberg. Uh, was was hosting the uh, the other week and I don't if, know. If, oh, the like, local show. Yeah. Okay. The local sorry. Show I was at, like, I don't bang the drum and or or headlining. Headline. Headlining. Yeah. <laughs> headlining. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he was headlining. The Henry's local had show. two whiskeys and some Jeez. beers. Yeah. Well, and I'm gonna have some more. But we were, <laughs> oh, we were talking. We were talking about how. Um, what was it? Uh, what was the name? Uh, how Jaden? Jaden was a kid at your high school, and we would we would constantly go into. Jaden had a younger sister that you were equally as scared of. Jaden, like Jaden's like, oh, J- J- like a real person that we went to high school with. <laughs> well, so yeah, it was like okay. J- Jaden. Jaden's mom had a second job, and you weren't sure when she was going to be home. Jaden's mom. <laughs> we we went through all these things of like Jaden smoked weed on the lunch break, and you weren't sure if he got his weed from his dad or from somebody else. Like, J- like we we would just go back and forth. Like, who was Jaden in your high school? Like, Jaden had a boyfriend, and Jaden's boyfriend was over nineteen years old. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like who was Jaden in your high school? I, I'm not gonna say her name. Jaden was both a boy's and a guy's name. Right, right. It's in a the boy, same boys family. Boys and guys. Yeah, boys. Or it's boys and very, girls. Boys very, and girls. It's a universal name. No, it's very, very stand up. Yeah, it's right. all about boys and guys. Boys and guys. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, so so who was who was Jaden in your high school? Give me one one. Like, well, I knew, there's nothing in there. <laughs> I took an empty sip. Uh, for so, a so, 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 it's a movie set. Jaden once like so, had a fight with a camp ca- with a counselor at your school and won. A camp counselor? <laughs> no, just um, a counselor. Oh. Just a counselor oh, at your Jesus. school. And won. Counselor so, that so, but let's clarify because I'm confused and yeah. people listening might be probably you yeah. and Dave Rosenberg, the ho- the headliner of last week's comedy show. This was a ongoing bit between you two, or you no, and, he, and on he, stage. He came up with this thing, and we had a way better name for the person. Because all I can think is Jaden Smith. No, I'm pretty sure it it could have been Cody. Cody's another good one. Okay, where it's like it's a it's like a persona, male or female name of of some ratchet kid in your middle school. Ratchet, like 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 a tool. (laughs) It is it is somebody who who at some point lived in a trailer park in your middle school to high school years. So it's like. Somebody named like uh, Candace with a K. Candace with a K had a, sm- a younger brother who was great at basketball, but you were more afraid of Candace. Like Candace 
had gotten pregnant but doesn't have a kid and she's in like a sophomore year. Candace is and what, okay. And I was, still don't kind of understand what, what you're trying to do, Andrew. Are you trying to like just describe Rosenberg's bit to us? Or? No, no. We, was this like, a premise? The, the, whole that, thing, the whole thing was yeah, we, like Rosenberg please, came up with God. this. Oh yeah, no. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to make it work. He's got explain. But Rosenberg came up with this bit of like Candace, and it's just the okay. name Candace, and you try to equ- like equivocate. Things that that person did. Now, was it now? In context, is this related to the premise thing of like thinking of similar ideas? Well, yeah, no. Like, if you had ever met a bully, like, what is his younger sister to you? You're equally scared of her. No. That's Candace. Like, if, if 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 you're like, oh, like Candace was the girl that like. Told me that I needed to jump off the high dive, or else that I was a pussy. <laughs> Just any any like weird person that you want to equivocate something to, whether bully or kinda, not. Kind of like I guess what you're saying is kind of like how like Candace had at least on, two on, stepmoms. So is this <laughs> is this the equivalent to like? Because this um this is very confusing to me. But are, are you saying this is the equivalent of like? The character of, or the, like, we all know people like this, and it's, like, when you say someone's a Chad. Yeah. Okay. No, the, the, but no. you, but you're saying this is a woman, but no, a girl no, that's, no. like. So, so take, take all of that, all of that nonsense of, like, all of these people and just put them into one person. Like, Candace had two stepmoms. Like. Oh, man, I don't. Can, like, can, Candace had a brother who was in juvie. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Put it, put it all, put it all in one. More examples is not making. Yeah, more examples is confusing. Again, again, that's the that's the whole thing. Is Candace is is the blanket statement? Like, put things from your life into Candace. Like, be like, I already did, and I got an STD. So I'm gonna stop. Yeah, no, like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Candace had an STD before the rest of us. (laughs) Like, what? You just have to like take a name and and utilize it to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get I. How does this relate to what who was we're a female about? bully at your no school? Who was a female bully at your school? I mean, I feel like you're just describing this like I don't uh, remember technique, but I <laughs> I don't know where it came from or <laughs> no, we've no, been talking our, about it so long. I don't know. I don't know how we have either. This. Candace is something that's just thrust upon you. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah, like Candace was the person that pushed roofies on the jocks. <laughs> you can like you can do anything with it. I see. I see. It's that yeah, it's the so. idea of like there's plenty of well-known premises, but like, what's your take on it? And well, what's your is that what you're is that the kind of. But like put <laughs> oh, like fuck. put identity to it. Like the the idea of attaching the name to it makes it funny. Mm. Like I think I feel like, like this relates to what you're talking about, like speci- specificity much earlier. Yes. Okay, that's, that's why... all you had to say, Henry. <laughs> Damn it. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. We have to hear every fact about Candace, but you know, I mean she's a whore. No, I she's not. And a stripper. She's not just a whore and a stripper. And a whore. No, so much more. But <laughs> and a UFC fighter. <laughs> no, I just I just need to say like by by adding that name and all of the intimate details, that's what makes it funny. Right, it's story building and some Patton Oswalt does a great job of 
that descripting of like, I'm going to build you a story and it's a persona or a character that we all, it's like, we actually, Stephen King is another great writer that does that of like, he writes people so well that you're like, I know who that is in my world. Mm-hmm. And that's the relatability and the specificity. specificity. That's a hard word right now. But yeah, that's 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 Pixar like the Pixar movies. Like why you like the bullies are like they're they're weird like real like elementary mm-hmm. school bullies. Like having those elements of realness mm-hmm. make them funnier or just more realistic right. and it's, relatable. Yeah. No, I I hear you. I hear you now. It just took me a long fucking time to get Henry, it was it was insane. It was too much. That's all right. As long as you can admit that what just happened was just like, we just got fucked. Well, he took uh, the whole, like, committing to things. Very, no, he did. He committed. He committed. You told me to commit. I committed to him, but I, he was committed. I, I yeah. I mean, I I do definitely agree that commitment's important. I another a, a comedian that I respect was bringing up the opposite point to me like a week ago, saying like, this was more a comment on comedians in Santa Barbara, uh, but he was saying his guys they they commit to bits when they're not working like way too long. Oh. And oh, I've seen that. It does happen where people are like, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm just supposed to dig in and commit. But yeah. when it's not working for you know, give it a chance, but you know, after a few minutes, you got you better bail out of that. Change, realize, try to assess why it didn't work, and move on. Yeah, and try I, something else. It's and I think that comes with the experience too of reading a crowd and being like, and having an awareness too of just like, I'm not doing. You know, you can't blame. Oh, the audience doesn't get it. It's like. I'll give you that on a few things, but at a certain point, you got to take some accountability and be like, oh, I'm not delivering this message in a funny way. I oh, should yeah. probably I should probably divert and go around and do something mm-hmm. that I, again, that's that work. That yeah, you, you also can't in. blame the audience for being themselves. I mean, you got to understand right. who they are and what they're going to relate to. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it, something that... It'd be. I'd like to see you do it again because it to me it was really fun, um, and it works well. And I I never, especially in an ironic way, even it, especially if it's that. But bringing a guitar on stage, oh yeah, yeah. and it's like because we know a few well known comedians that do that. But it's like it if you've got good jokes that fall, it's like that is just something that like I'm not I'm not an asshole to be like. No, I've fucking seen it. It's like, no, yeah. Like, your jokes were good following. And with the guitar, it, was, it added that extra little, like, I I just like the show of it, too. Of like, it's a show now. Like, yeah, that's a show. Oh, yeah, I mean, music adds a lot to it. I'm super excited that we have a piano now at the venue. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, I, on Monday <laughs> night, I, I, I played the piano and told jokes instead of the guitar, which is so much better. I'm way worse at the piano, but it's just funnier. <laughs> also, I couldn't look at the crowd, so I'm like, yeah. Here's the joke. <laughs> we'll see, That's pretty good. see what we gotta do and I think like because we're we're trying to work on more of especially in between our our switch off um is is figuring out how we're gonna do that yeah like, I've been I've been fantasizing about us using the piano for that yeah so like I can there. I can do easy things of just like doing a chord progression of like like this and keeping but like having that rhythm of 
of knowing when those things are going to happen. It just creates a timeline for you to tell your joke. And if Gabby's oh, yeah. present, she can sing along. It's time for... I want you to sing this. It's time for Aiden. It's time, it's time for you to listen. Aiden to listen. No, it's time for you. <laughs> what is it time for me to do? <laughs> yeah, or something along the lines of like, Aiden's coming up next. You need to fucking Aiden's listen. Aiden's coming up next. Ba, da, ba, ba, ba. You need, you to, need fucking... to fucking listen. Yeah. Ba, da, ba, See? Ba. See? I always like people telling people to listen to me. That's, that's yeah. good. And, That's one of the best things it, about that uh, Broad Street show you said you, you went to. That the owner Matt Cross goes up on stage and tells people, "You better listen to yeah, the comedians." Yeah, He's a big intimidating absolutely. guy. Absolutely, and and it's like, great. It is. It is great because he. So he uh, actually went up and did about three minutes, four minutes. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, he I'm, opened I'm open. To hear that. Um, and. It's funny because he's he's a musician. He's performed on stage. Oh for, yeah, forever, yeah. forever. Yeah. So he was. You could see his comfort. So he and his energy. And I was like, and actually, Jesse and I were both like, he did actually really good. He not surprised. He he went up there and told something relatable, a shit story. Yeah. Shitting himself. Well, that is his wife's favorite type of comedy. I right. Was the last time I was there. <laughs> so. It worked well, and his his and he was like, "What'd you guys think?" I was like, "Man, all I would tweak is like get a little more descriptive with what the shit felt like when you touched it." <laughs> and he was like, "What?" I was like, and "He was like, holy shit, I never thought about that." I was like, "Right, it was it holy shit or unholy shit?" And it's like, but other than that, I was like, "You're it's that's a great opening," but he was cool too because that and that's a good venue and you and I missed your set when you did it, but. It was all Dude, shit jokes. It's just basically perfect. Take but, away from <laughs> but do it again. But his, you know, he had people, and it's I. I love being in the crowd, and I got I let the my emotions get the best of me. A couple weeks ago at Bang the Drum, there was a fucking heckler, and I was sitting front row, mm. and I was I, my I was watching the owner and a bartender sit there and not do anything after repeatedly. Comedian after comedian going, and this dude just chirp, chirp, chirp. Bah, bah, ah, bah, you it's like, and I was, I was like, fucking shut the fuck. And I wasn't the only one. Everybody was hating this dude. And it was like, oh, yeah. get the fuck out. Who was it? It was some old dude. Was that the Willie Nelson looking yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. but it was like. But it's kind of the best thing because it united the crowd. It did. And, and Everybody that's, was against him. And that was my other thing is like, has that ever happened that. And, and I think it, for the most, like I said earlier, it's like th- most of the audience is on your side and it's like, a he- there's usually one, it's one heckler. And it's like, yeah, someone too drunk or, and it's always the call out of like, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, I've been here. Okay. Yeah. You're somebody's fucking step uncle. Cause you, yeah. Awesome. Yep. But like dealing with hecklers, like. Have you gotten to a point of like you feel because you did you handled it pretty well? You're like you have to acknowledge it at some point, but you also can't lose control of like oh, I can't let him have because that's that that's that fine line of like he's doing all the talking now. It's like yeah no 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 like oh yeah you can't you can't let him take over. Uh, but at the same time that that show I was kind of happy to have him there Mm -hmm. because when you host a show and do it every week you're like i don't want to keep telling my jokes right 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 because you hope people are coming back 
<laughs> so it's like, oh, great. I get to just, you know, make fun of this guy. He, yeah. he was like a good, unintentional, like... God, and the crowd hated him. So yeah, and they hated perfect. him. So it's like any little joke roasting him was like really well received. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. This is way easier. Yeah. I called him the man making night... Uh, the the moon man making moonshine in my nightmares. Yeah. 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 And he uh, definitely was... made moonshine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's... it's. I, I'm Overall, it's like the atmosphere in certain... And I've, I've been... I've never been to the comedy store of like all these famous clubs, but it is nice here locally to see the comedy scene of like mad at broad street hosting and he had his buddies his gym buddies you know they're yoked uh-huh. and swole and they need some pre-workout slash post-workout and they come and they're <laughs> <laughs> like they need it goddamn oh, I need it. bro and a lot of bros throwing around but he during one of the dude's sets they were you i could hear him uh-huh. And a lot of people up front probably couldn't, but I was right in the middle and I could hear him. And Matt, I saw, I, I was like, let's see what happens. Then Matt went over and he's like, why are you guys here? Shut the fuck up. And I'm like, that's fucking rad. Like that, the, the appreciation of like, it's a show. I want to hear what this, Jesus. Yeah. Also, I want to hear what people they say. They paid five bucks to be there. Right. Know? It wasn't even a, a free one like they've no. been doing before. It's like, we paid five bucks to talk, you know? Yeah. And, and that's. Again, it's that like go, yeah. Go to go to an LA open mic if you want to pay five bucks to talk. Sign up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you got to do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's it's there's a I like the you know I I I'm enjoying being in the scene and I eventually will write a series of jokes that I think are worthy of going up in front of people and telling again. But because I do I do want to do that again because not okay. only for my own good but. Cause yeah, that's my selfish reason. I was like, it made me feel good. Yum yum yum. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, no, I hope like so. Tummy rubs. The but... more the more anybody's doing it is good for the scene. Yeah. As a whole, like yeah, YouTube across the table from me both. Please do more. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tomorrow I have, I I will show up and I've got. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm, I won't say what I'm gonna do. <laughs> With my dick, no. There's no dick to be seen. It's in there. It's a button in a fur coat. Um, <laughs> I'll let you just digest that. But, no, but I, I, I think it's important. Like, <laughs> But I do want to get back up and do it because it is it is that being part of it, too, is like if even just doing that one time, I was like, I want to do that again. Okay. Not only because I I enjoyed it, but I was like, I I do have that like I've enjoyed comedy my whole life. And I'm like. What if I participate now? Like, yeah, maybe I have something to say. And if I don't, I'm okay with being like, it's not for me, but I I want to support it no matter what. You oh, know? yeah. So. Right. I, I've never felt like uh, in in an art scene or, or anything else um, when I go up and do something every week, like, I can fail. I could do really good or I could fail. Oh, every week I go up. But it doesn't matter because I go up every week. Mm-hmm. Like when I like my consistency in going up every week matters more to my peers. Right. That I went up every week, like that I tried and that I'm moving towards something than just having one good week. 
Mm-hmm. Where I feel like in a lot of other things, it's how can you make this one opportunity look really good? Where in, <laughs> yeah. in stand-up comedy, it's like, yeah, you may have done really good in that one week, but what if you go up next week? Like, yeah. do you have anything? Do you have anything new? The same audience shows up. Are they going to laugh? Or did you waste all of your shit on on this one audience that now knows everything you think is funny? So for comedy, it's one of those things of like, can you keep doing it? Are are you willing to make this hurt longer? Like, like, Gabby, like Gabby said, are you gonna commit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I get butterflies. <laughs> I don't know. You're on one knee. <laughs> Well, are you going to do it? So many <laughs> No, like, I'm saying, okay. What, <laughs> here's how weird my comedy brain went. I, was I thought like, he was asking us to Mormon marry him. We're going to be his sister Mormon wives. marry me. We're going to be sister wives, the three of us. <laughs> I'm fine with We're going to go see Book of Mormon together. No, your, okay, your, your point is valid, and what my brain went to is, like, me, my personal was, like, if I'm going to commit to this, I need I need to see something it's like somewhat the universe getting down on one knee and a microphone like holding a little ring out or something i'm like uh, how fucking weird is that but that's comedy like yeah my my imagination just went buck wild with that but you're right it i think the the broader point is like if you're gonna do it then do it and the consistency is and it shows and it's not that you have to do it once you no. have to keep doing. Yeah, yeah. If especially if if you want it, and it's that's honestly where I'm at is like I want it, but I don't know if I want it enough. So doing it again is gonna be, and I need to do it again, and I I need to be bullied into it. Somebody needs to be like, you fuck and again. Cause, cause <laughs> we're talking about fuck. being bullied into you it. Like fuck. No, Aiden, I like Aiden it. Was I like one of those I'm a people that like beat me. Would, would um, yeah, like Aiden was consistently one of those people that was like, hey man. You only did three minutes mm-hmm. when I like asked you for five. Like you did real good. Maybe come back and do a whole five now. Yeah, um, that's good. That, <laughs> like it's, it, like it, it pushed me into it. That it's way. a weird dynamic in a small town uh, that it's very encouraging. If you were if you if you guys were trying to do stand up in, in a city, people would be like, "Stop! Get out of here!" Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. don't don't take don't these opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you really. <laughs> are really determined but here it's like oh please like we don't have enough comedians please if you, keep, please if you keep did, doing it you guys are, are funny please come back if you right. did, we will bully you if you did it. good at all we would love for you to keep exploring what you are doing on yeah, stage like, let's see if you can keep it up like keep keep trying but yeah like uh, and and now like having having you host the majority of the show i i took over for you last week on on the other side of it dealing with the other like booking side of the show holy shit it like when people are like oh i could do nothing else but a stand-up comedian like that's what i meant to do it's like yeah i can get on board with that booking shows holy shit that is a whole other oh yeah like, i never hell. wanted to do any of that side for a long time but then just living here in slow i but, was like well i fucking got it but I, you did you do you do really good at it and it gives me such appreciation for cultivating your local scene and i think that's something that wherever you are like that should be you should know that the people booking the shows and the people making local things happen Mm -hmm. that takes work and that's something to be appreciated 
Like if yeah. if you have yeah. that at all, know that that's there. Like be appreciative of it and well, that's, try that's to make kind it of work. the the work side of it. Doing actual sets and writing <laughs> jokes that's fun. Yeah, that's the that's the best fun part of it. But yeah, the first time I had to like pay people out and like cash checks and use Venmo to like make sure people got their gas money. <laughs> like that was the hardest part about working. Oh yeah, in comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and did you just get into that through? Like having been paid for the odd show, and you kind of saw how it worked, or did you, did you kind of see like, hey, if I'm gonna make this work in my town, I need to set up what like, kind of what needs to be done. I guess after a certain point, it's just yeah, there are not enough shows around here to like practice as often as I'd like to, and you start making connections and you want to like bring these people into your town to, to perform and they need to at least not lose money on, <laughs> on driving you know, three or four hours. This is fucking insane. That we're so you got to figure. Hey, another bender interruption. Uh, we had some more technical difficulties here. They're popping up. I got to get a hold on it. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy this hum. Back to the show. Same thing. That just happened again. Oh no! Yeah, we're back recording. So again, people listening, we had and and I'm gonna edit the middle section that's missing. But what's important? Henry was talking about the local scene and Aiden building a local scene and that the importance of and like Aiden said the music scene here is not doing well and Aiden what I and I think you appreciate 100% like that's almost your I maybe disagree but your second job is you're a host of com- comedy night at bang the drum like Henry like you that you you're you need to be there Thursday nights like that's a like and you do it you know, it's like that's, but it's also very cool that it is the localness, and I think that's a, that's a great, you know, it's a good community because it's it's pretty forgiving. Like, yeah, we get a few hecklers and all that, but ultimately, it's all supportive. It's like, yeah, people want to do this and they want to see it and they want to hear it. Well, my goal isn't to show up every week and have people hear the same jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, even if people were showing up every week and hearing us do our material, mm-hmm. I would hope that they would hear it as fresh material. Right. Like, I I try to write new stuff every week. Yeah. And I try to make it fresh and, and enjoyable for every audience, depending on what they just heard, what, what their new open micers were. Mm-hmm. But um, trying to set up a scene in a town so small you you run into problems where you think material is stale because everyone's mm. heard it every week which is true but at the same time if you were going around LA trying to shop the same material everywhere you went for as long as they do in our town people would think it was just as stale Right. So I, I think that like we have a amazing opportunity in our town where this is our science lab. We get to experiment and come up with new things and make something that isn't 
Like, if you went down to L.A. and you did a set and you think your career is over because you bombed because everyone important was there watching it, like, here in L.A., like, here in Slow, you get... Every week you yeah. get a new opportunity to redeem your entire audience in San Luis. But can, can you work that into something productive? Can you work that into something that can can be more? I, th- I think so. And to Aiden, to your credit, man, it's I, I deeply appreciate what you do. Um, and that's why, like, like you know, the last couple of times I've, I haven't stuck around and that's for my own reasons, but it's like, I do want to put dollars in and it's like, you guys deserve, like, I want, like, that's my little, you know, minor way of saying like, keep doing what you're doing. Like, no, it's very appreciated. Like I want to, I want you, I want to keep seeing this because we can pay our other comedians because of that. (laughs) No, it helps. It's, it's, oh yeah. And I wanted to say on the, on the dollar thing, that was actually a great idea by Gabby, the, the $1 admission. Yeah. Because uh, I have almost never had people actually refuse and be like, oh, I can't pay a dollar. I used a dollar's to, too easy. It's so easy. It's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> give me a dollar or Venmo me a dollar. You can right. do it. Right. Whereas back in the day, I would charge $5 and people would find ways to be like, oh, I don't have $5. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that, that came from the idea because John and I had gone to this comedy club in oh, yeah, Santa Monica. Uh-huh. I can't remember the name of it, but it's in a, it's in an alleyway. Mm-hmm. Um, we parked our cars right next Alley to cats. one of the parking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I love you, that, how that was kind of like... You punch me. <laughs> so, sa- wait, Santa Monica? In Santa oh, Monica. Okay, okay. Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Yep. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, Gabby. Say it, you know, you want to. No, I don't want to keep going. Keep going. Go deeper. Don't even interrupt. So, <laughs> Santa Monica, you were at an alley club. An alley club. And where? Comedy club in, in Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. <laughs> <laughs> not, Jesus I, fuck, I know, it's, we're going off the rails, but continue. Uh, Seriously. So we, <laughs> I'm just waiting for you. <laughs> oh, God. It no, out. Keep nope. removing. Um, Come on, though. Uh, so, we had party. <laughs> Oh god! I'm listening. <laughs> I really am. I have to be this close to my mic. People don't understand. Uh, okay. So, anyways, we parked the car. <laughs> Sorry. It's over. All right. This has been the bender below. <laughs> we parked. Wow. We parked in that parking structure, okay. and as we're walking out, like right there, it was just really convenient. And it was like there's something about something, something about really cool. Having a venue in an alleyway that isn't creepy yeah, no, at all. Yeah. No, you know, it's just great, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. A place. It's like, oh shit, it's kind of like a speakeasy. It's kind of secret. There isn't oh, yeah. anybody walking here. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so we walk up and the sign said it was open mic night uh, and it was a dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and you get to, we didn't know at the time, it's like, it was a dollar to just get in. You can right. you get a ticket and you have the option of putting your name on the ticket. Oh yeah, so you could sign Thank up or you could just God, I did not put my name on the ticket because <laughs> we didn't know that they put in a bucket and then they choose your name out of the bucket. I think to that would have gone fine. Yeah. I and I, mean, I would have been fine. Uh-uh. This was before I had even I'd been writing comedy material for a long time but with Jess that she was on another episode. Um, with us because I don't know I just Jess Rosalia Jess Rosalia um, so I'd always just written down 
premises and jokes and stuff, but I wouldn't have been able to go up for like three minutes. And it was not, the crowd wasn't vicious, but it was like, it was a hard three minutes. Like even Mm -hmm. if you were great or if you were bombing, they like once those three minutes were up, they would blast the music up on high and just kick you the fuck out. Yep. Mm. But I thought the $1 thing, so non-committal, you could get that, you could get that before or like before the show when we, when we um, got there a couple hours before, I'm like, oh, let's go have dinner. And it's just a dollar if we don't go. Yeah. We've, we've had, actually had a couple audience members when we've had... Uh, it's a great... Last week, yeah. we had two people come up to the thing, say, what's going on? And I said, it's a dollar for the comedy show. And then they turned around and left. We had like like seven like seven to ten people be like it's just a fucking dollar you pussy oh, like, like they like roasted these people for not willing to pay a dollar per person to watch a three hour comedy show and they're going and to a place was, where you're paying seven bucks for shit beer uh, <laughs> praise jesus <laughs> Well, hey, some of the beer. Praise Jehovah. We we do have some good beer now, but um, I, uh, but I Are totally you agree. You just it, say that. <laughs> I mean, that is that is often the thing that people say. Oh, the beer's not that great, but some of it's pretty good. Yeah. Some of it's pretty good. Well, but either either way, it was the, it was one yeah. of those things that yeah. like. If you can't pay a dollar for a show, you're probably not the person we want in the show. And I, it, I mean, yeah, were you even, gonna buy a beer for yeah, seven? Yeah, even just yeah. that has 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 created this this kind of element of a good audience. Yeah, where you're willing to pay a dollar to sit there, you're probably gonna be a better audience member than somebody who didn't pay a dollar. Like that's not a huge thing to ask from anybody or or any audience member in general, but like it really does make the experience better for the yeah. people in the audience is having this kind of trust of like it's like a movie theater ticket. If you're if you paid fourteen dollars to be there, probably shouldn't be yelling at your kid next to you and explaining it explaining the plot. If so, <laughs> like um, I'm all, all Alamo Draft House and you're not allowed in, I'm gonna like complain about you. Like I love like, Alamo Draft House. I love the Alamo Draft House. Great but, concept. So this is my thing. It's like adding that one dollar as 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 inclusive and amazing as the show is, yeah, it makes it better for both the performer and the audience member oh, alike. It's cute. A dollar is cute. A dollar is cute. You can fit in so many white tight people shit I've ever heard. A dollar is so cute. A dollar is so cute how it can get you a dollar's worth of anything. Like two dollars. Even that's asking too much for the people here. Well, which is, and that's a deeper point, and that's a whole nother podcast. Um, oh, but Aiden, my my final and closing thoughts. Um, mm. What uh, do you have any? Do you have anything that? And I and I know we all run into this as creative people, but it's like, do you ever hit a point where you're like, ah, my cup's kind of full, and I'm not feeling creative? Oh, uh, all the time, yeah. Okay, and and what do you do to like? Do you acknowledge it and say like, well, right now is not the time to force it because I'm I'm the I'm I'm coming for me. It's like if I force it, it's not going to be as good. So I kind of have to let a, an acknowledgement of being like, it's time to fuck off a little bit and take take myself out of this like pressure of creating something. But yeah, I mean, I'll 
it, like fortunately starting this show so many years in I, I have a lot of old stuff that I can be like well I don't really have a lot of new stuff this week mm-hmm. what have have I not done in a while right like, what can I dig up or just try to do shorter set myself and just showcase the other comics more or try to do as much crowd work as possible yeah and just kind of be like okay well I'm not I don't have things that I'm developing right now or that I feel comfortable bringing back at this moment, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's one of those like needs to be talked about more of like creative people are like, Oh, the pressure. And I, myself, I'm a little neurotic in that fact of like, why haven't I, why haven't I gone up in a few weeks? It's like, ah, fuck. I put too much pressure on myself of like, it's, I don't have anything good. It's like, doesn't have to be good it's just have you just got to go do it and if it's good well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. not going to get better if you <laughs> keep doing it right um right yeah i don't know definitely the pressure of, of like hosting really gets to me because yeah it's it's, big... it's actually the hardest position to be it in is as a comedian like any other spot on the show is better than being the mc yeah kind of it's like any i like, can see that i see people struggle as a host and i like i know that they'll be funny when they're just doing a 10 minute set uh, right. like somewhere else in the show. Yeah. And yet you've like, you've taught me to be such a good host through what you've seen from my like weird, smaller bit, like comedy stuff. Like I, I've, I've been able to kind of work through some of those things. You haven't like, You've never been a dictator in, like, what I should be doing in my sets. You've given me really good... Oh, yeah. Good. Well, I mean, you're pretty natural at hosting, I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only... You're... you're Just be less flow. sad and faster. No, no, no. I would say... <laughs> I'd say be fatter, too. I mean, that's always good. I'm trying to... I'm trying to do that. Get a little... Get a little chonk little. on me. Well, you know? <laughs> but... No, it definitely makes you funnier. But... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like you, like fortunately, the the hosting thing comes really natural to you. So the only thing is like, yeah, don't do so many jokes. Like, <laughs> is, is is usually the only criticism. Stop being like, so good. No, no, that's never a criticism. No, it's like oh, people people like what you're doing, but like time. Stop. Like, yeah, <laughs> stop at a certain point. I, I did. I did have we one. We need to get everybody up there. I was gonna say the one note I had for Henry is like. And I'm gonna tell it to you now because I need to tell it to you oh, now. Oh, just do it in front of my mom. This is the only thing she listens to. She never sees my Dee. So. so what I would say to Henry is like, I want him to go up there, and like for maybe just, just not for once make it about him. No, 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 <laughs> no. This is the opposite. I want you to to go up there and no jokes. Just be like, hey guys, look at look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me. Your next comedian. I. That's it. Like, just because I <laughs> think it's, it can be that. Minimal, oh yeah. boy, I just think that. Just ooh, just goose some, just some goodies in there. See if I. <laughs> and if I, I could be wrong, but I, I want you to a, try. If I had a couple little dribbles that I could like feed, fit like baby birds to me. If I had you things can. I was chewing on yeah. that I could feed to my baby birds, I would do that. And by like, baby birds, you mean the audience? Oh yeah, my baby birds. <laughs> um, but I feed you and you. Again, it's it's one of those beautiful things that uh, when I was like Sean having him host the open mic uh, last week and having like just working with like Jesse, having him do stuff, 
everybody has their own thing that they succeed in so well mm-hmm. in in hosting or or doing their set. And it's amazing to witness. And it's amazing to see is like where I can can kind of temper expectations for an audience as to how sad their comedian can get that evening. Like if I can if I can go if I can be the in-between and bring them up energy, really emotional and down, and then bring them back up, I provide the perfect vessel for a lot of the comedians that I know. But if I fail at doing that, I am the worst person to host a show. <laughs> like knowing how well, like other people can like Justin Bornadby can go through a show and not prep for anybody who's doing anything different. And yet like he, yeah. he could be the perfect <laughs> vessel for another comedian to come up and do something excellent. So I figuring out how I can perfect my craft for other comedians, knowing that what I'm doing is good for me. Like I can always figure out another way to do it, but for what I'm doing for other comedians, there's always a better way to rework what I'm doing in favor of a purpose. Not just, not just what I think is a good show. I, I have a, a way to do things that is beneficial for what I'm doing. No, and that's, that's cause you, and much appreciated as a, audience members you give a shit it's obvious and so does Aiden like you guys work like being like you said it, it I notice it and I think most people do maybe not outwardly so because they're not looking for it, but it's that but I do and I look for it and it's like you guys set a tone well, and, and that's I'm- important it's like bringing up like a comedian goes up and then like playing off something they said it's like it's also like you know that is a hard job to p- keep a momentum it's momentum it's like if you get a dead room and it's not anybody's fault sometimes it is <laughs> but it's like no 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 <laughs> I, I gestured grandly to the universe but it's like you're as a host your job is to be like well we got to keep this moving and let's see what's next and you guys both do that very well and 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 Aiden, it shows like you guys are both very well honed into what you're doing, and <clears throat> it's comfortable as an audience member and as a potential next open micer. Of like, I feel good about going up because my op- my hosts, my MCs, are setting it up like, this, hello, we're it's obvious what we're doing here, and luckily we're like two of the least intimidating looking people on the planet. We're pretty easy to come up and talk to and be like, could I do this too? And we're like, could you beat me up? Yes, you could. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought I was really intimidating. (laughs) You you are. Don't let him sway you. You look like you could be up to anything. (laughs) 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 You can use that. Aiden is a guy that looks like he could be up to anything. No, what do you mean? He doesn't know karate, but he knows crazy. Uh, Actually, I am a black belt in karate. (laughs) See, that's what's scary. Is like, what's what's the level one under black belt? Brown. 
Yeah. Oh, see, that just makes it that so much <laughs> Even worse. Better. It needs to be a way. It's chartreuse. Purple. It needs to be well, the one there is the, purple. Purple belt. was uh, at least in the school I went to was pretty low. That was one of the early. Okay, ones. purple belt. <laughs> purple belt sounds way funnier than almost black belt. <laughs> I, I'm a brown with a white I'm a, stripe. I'm a brown yeah, it was brown, and you would get a lot of stripes yeah. on it. And when it was brown, you were a senpai. But then, then you were a senpai. Notice me, senpai. I know. Yeah, I knew that was gonna come up. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Notice I my. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, you guys, we're we're close to two and a half. Yeah, hours. it seems like it's yeah. been a really long well, time. Not not in the sense that we weren't having fun, but just like yeah, no. that must have been a long as, time. As long as you while. guys all. But I think. I want to I want to end on um, thanking Aiden for being here. Like, I I really appreciate what you do, and I appreciate what Henry and like what you guys are building. And Gabby's part of it too. Like oh, yeah. she's gone up more than I have, and I'm like, fuck. Well, she also for a time. long time was the co-producer of the show and Correct. helped out a lot with yeah. promotion and stuff. Well, it's, the thing about Aiden, you you have like asked me to do stand up and I have done it and then you have I I since then Gabby started a show that I hosted me. I we forced <laughs> Gabby to do it and we oh, yeah. Bender up on stage you are the grandfather of everyone here the at the stage for yeah. doing stand up comedy and I really think you deserve yeah. the recognition for Definitely. getting all of these people I will, I will cheers you for that sir um Clink, clink, clink. And thank you again. And uh, for parting thoughts, um, give me one comedian that you that you would recommend people to listen to. Uh, and we did this with Jesse. We're like, it's hard to do a top five. So it's like a top whatever. Like, is there one comedian that you you love and you need you want other people to hear? Because I've got a few. But uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know where to, to, to stop on that. Like, how many do you give me? Give me your, your your your. Okay, if we were to open your i you got iPhone, iPod, I all three. I give a handful. I don't know how many will end up. That's being, fine. But maybe the ones that people wouldn't assume as much. Definitely bring it on, because people need to hear and they need to go listen. Oh yeah, I'm starting this. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and go. Yeah, or I'll just pour out all the ones I I always say when people ask. Like, please do, I'm, man. I mean, uh, Zach Galifianakis' stand-up is like a massive inspiration for I'm me. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Maria Bamford's one of my favorites. Yep. Um, Emo Phillips. Uh, trying to think who else is like more obscure. I don't know. I mean, that's that's three. That's that's definitely three of my favorites. Three um, very good. Too, oh, I really like uh, Mike Kaplan. He's a little more Yeah, obscure. I know Mike Kaplan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's good. So I actually have a friend who is named Michael Kaplan. Almost <laughs> the same name. He's also very funny. He's more of a storyteller than a, than a stand-up, but right. he's a local guy. <laughs> That's awesome. He had, a, he had a Comedy Central show that nobody ever saw because it, it had oh, six no. episodes that never re-ran. <laughs> no right. shit. No. But he's very funny. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Shout out to Michael Kaplan. Yeah, yeah. And but, yeah, it's up there. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any others right off the top of my head. Was it H- was Henry Wiggins? Yeah. So, uh, three comedians. Um, who's on your playlist right now? If you're, if we were to look up your, who you've been listening to. So, um, one thing I've been going back through uh, was not necessarily uh, my stand-up. 
things because I I felt like I was it's not necessarily I, I I hate to say that it's not productive going through old stand up mm-hmm. but I think that it, it's it's a little counterintuitive I need to like find what I think is funny as opposed to how I think other people think things are funny. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I kind of agree with that. I'm kind of def- often more inspired by things that are not stand up. Yeah. And so um, that's important too because it's. I think yeah. one of the main things I think is funny is this. Uh, um, it's uh, a. Hold on. No it's activity. Pi- picnic face. Oh. Picnic face. What picnic is it? Picnic face is an old YouTube channel of these Canadians that are hilarious. Um, balloon shop is the other oh, one. Oh, I have. I, I when you first said that or at the beginning of the episode, I didn't remember who it was, but now I I think I. Hey Ben, by Balloon Shop is okay. some of the stupidest shit ever, and it's the most funny thing I've ever seen. Okay. Um, so Picnic Face, Balloon Shop, and um, Homestar Runner. Oh yeah, like yeah, going classic. going <laughs> deep back. back dive into like some of the things that made me laugh harder than anything before I had all, like, these, like, getting back into, like, the core of what I think things are funny. Yeah. That's where I feel like I'm going to write my best stuff is recognizing Mm -hmm. at what core I think things are funny. Right. Shit, yeah, now I want to go back around (laughs) to the other point with the non-comedy stuff. Yeah, yeah, go. No, no, keep going, but yeah. I know Gabby's good. But yeah, so so Picnic Face, Balloon Shop, Homestar Runner, I think those are my, like, if we can give everybody those things. And on YouTube? Oh, yeah, and and again, they're going to be, like, weird, low-res videos. Hey, don't give too much I cannot wait till people be like, Henry has mental disorder. <laughs> Who doesn't, baby? Yeah. Gabby, what about you? Uh, does, again, maybe we'll broaden that question of like, not just how about <laughs> comedy in general? What's been making you laugh? Uh, I haven't really gotten the time to watch much TV or Netflix lately, but uh, someone that inspires me a lot for comedy and kind of to refine. Uh, a sort of style to intertwine comedy and social awareness. Well, don't bore us. Get to the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Is that I love Dave Chappelle's style of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I think like his last stand-up uh, comedy special on Netflix, mm-hmm. which I love that it was really more of the intimate style, like kind of like not to say that's the way that comedy should be, but when you compare it to Kevin Hart that sold out mm-hmm. fifty two or fifty four thousand mm-hmm. seats just for the sole purpose of setting a record when and yeah. I've always been a Kevin Hart fan. <clears throat> yeah, I'd much rather watch Dave Chappelle talk I've, shit on Kevin Hart. Yeah, that, that's yeah. somewhat tongue in cheek, but <laughs> it, you can see Neil Brennan's influence in his oh, stand yeah. like through that exact mm-hmm. thing. It's, it, this is a more personal mm-hmm. like endeavor. So. Yeah, and. Um, even when Kevin Hart was on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is one of my favorite On Cars shows. would be even better. If they weren't in it, they were just on it. <laughs> Jerry Sunwell's like, just we'll stop you to the roof. You're going right on the roof. I think the, the episode with Louis C.K., they're kind of technically on a car. 
you gotta watch yeah. it. It's pretty funny. They're sitting on wicker chairs. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, so the, uh, Kevin Hart was on one of the episodes, and hmm. uh, Jerry Seinfeld's kind of unapologetically super honest, and that's what I really one of the things I really admire. Why do you like crowds, Kevin? <laughs> What's up with that? Do you need attention that bad? Because um, I do. Oh, I love my dad. <laughs> One more again? <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Dave Chappelle. No, Kevin Hart was on. I know, but. <laughs> what, Jerry what Seinfeld's was, show, and, and Jerry kind of called him out, and he's like, yeah. you know, I'm gonna, I don't really like the showmanship of comedy. There's something mm. kind of mm. like the the sellout. Not, not, he didn't say sellout, but yeah. he doesn't like <laughs> well, that kind of, that part of it. And I think that's a fair point. It's like, like you said, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> he had a thing going and he walked away from it. And what is, his comeback is performing in clubs in front of a couple hundred people, maybe a hundred people, maybe 70. It's like that intimacy. And it is like Aiden said, like when there's, there's a certain number, like a magic number of like, when you connect with that many people, it's like, yeah, that's a that's a thing. And Dave Chappelle is one of the best at that. Mm-hmm. He really is. Like, so, Aiden, do you <laughs> do you put on I need to watch a, a bit of a character? Like, because I I guess so. I I put on for sure, even just in the way rhythmically that I speak. Mm-hmm. I put on a character because it it turns into a punchline. The way I'm speaking. Well, yeah. So, oh yeah. D- 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 it, it, is that something that you kind of like, especially in small or as they get larger crowds? And I think that's kind of where we get into this Kevin Hart conversation. The larger the crowd, do you rely more on your, like, the persona of your jokes? Or is it is it something that like you can maintain from a small audience on? I don't know how to answer that one. I uh, know it's tough. Well, I think that came up because we talked about Kevin Hart doing. It's like there's there's just styles and like feel. Oh, but and reading an audience and like you said, the pocket like. Um, let's go. Let's just tighten that back up. To my thing. <laughs> okay. Gabby Gabby suggested Dave Chappelle. And I need to watch. I have yet to watch his new one. Um, and not because of any other, any good reason. Um, Killing Them Softly is one of my fucking favorite <laughs> comedy albums from Dave Chappelle. But um I'll go straight comedy for my what what's been making me laugh and the, a few comedians and I revisit them all the time. But Chad Daniels, um, oh I don't know, I don't feel check him out. out. Chad Daniels is <laughs> it, it just you got to listen to him. It's and it's that hearing that different style. Like Dave Chappelle has a great balance. Like he can he he can talk about race. He can talk about this and it's like all very relevant and very funny chad daniels is very like it's a good balance of just like pure like 
okay, that's like his, it's her, it, you know, it's his perspective on this thing. It's his own voice. Um, Tommy Jonagan is. Oh, I almost mentioned Tommy Jonagan because I feel like a lot of people don't know about him, oh, but he's, he's very, so good. very good at just the, the pure art of stand-up comedy, just naturally being like relatable and definitely. I'm glad you know him because he is one of my favorite. Like, um, I mean, it, again, this was an unfair question of like name top three. It's like ah, fuck. There, it's always going to be oh, yeah, there's top always everything. So but, many, but. But Tommy Jonigan is one of them. <clears throat> um, just the way his his economy of words, like he can make a lot of his punchlines are not necessarily the punchline. It's the way he says a word. Yeah, his delivery and diction are just like spot on, yeah. but it's in a way that's so yeah. conversational. That it's <laughs> economy yeah. of words is a great punk band yeah, album. Yeah. It is. Yeah. If it was, let's make it. Let's make it happen. But uh, uh, Tommy Jonigan, and then another comedian that, <laughs> like, just, uh, well, God, I got to. Who did you show me the other day that we were just giggling at the way he was talking about things? That's Tommy Jonigan. So that was Tommy yeah, yeah. Jonigan. Because um, that, that yeah. like, it was it was the hilarity in syllables. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. This, the, like, the way words sound, that blew my mind in just the ability to not necessarily rely on what is true is funny. It's what sounds funny when yeah. you say it. Yeah. Like that is truly brilliant comedy. Is does it sound funny when you say yeah. it? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, Matt Bronger is very good at that too. Oh, Matt Bronger is hilarious. When he says, I look like a long baby, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Like, I'm a long, I'm a long baby. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hilarious. Uh, Kyle Kinane is another, He's he should be more famous than he is. And maybe he's famous enough he's for his liking. No, I think I think with uh, with at least our generation, we've seen yeah. him enough that he's. But I encourage people to go listen to everybody we mentioned. Okay, um, yeah. Oh, sorry, this is go. getting way too long. But uh, no, what did it's not getting long. Fucking on a few other things. Wait, all right, go, I, go. First up, wait, were you done with your comics that you were listing? Apparently. Yeah. No, no, no. Say it. Yeah. More? No, sit down. No, no, no. Dave Chappelle. I feel like, did you only say Dave Chappelle or were there? Yeah, you... it's cool. I just keep being interrupted, but you know. No, cool. I know. That's why, I, that's why I'm trying to be like, yeah. what, were there more before? Thank you. You're so in tune with the feminine energy. I try because it's, Debbie, let me co- man stand-up up comedy is not Shh. that. <laughs> well, at all. No, uh, honestly, you guys keep, keep going. I was, I kind of wanted to head out anyway. Oh, cool. <laughs> super <laughs> cool. Okay. Super, yeah. super cool. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You have thoughts. No, that was that was the first of the thoughts. I had <laughs> the well, first of the thoughts was okay, we got derailed like, there. Uh, were there any others or that we should? I mean, um, I don't know, Henry. Do you want to talk over me? Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can use this time to rest, Henry. That's totally it. No, I'm I'm fine with it. I like I I relish time people get to roast me, but please, like, get to the like. Sing the chorus or don't bore us. <laughs> I don't even get to sing the chorus. <laughs> well, then fine. Then Aiden's got it. No, Aiden, go ahead. Go for it. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to, well, first take the time to, to talk shit on 
uh, Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, and Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all have uh, great contributions. I I haven't seen Dave Chappelle's like latest special, but his first one after coming back. Definitely disappointed that he got yoked and now he's a bro. He's super yoked. Yeah, he's like not as funny because like something about being like muscular, you can't be as funny. Like he's he's like less self-aware, unfortunately. Like he used to be very conscious of his like pettiness and it was hilarious. Like on the Chappelle show, he was always pointing out his pettiness in these great sketches and it was like, oh, that's so good and relatable. And now he's just like complaining about kevin hart like oh my son likes kevin hart and like that's that was his whole (laughs) fucking thing it almost made me like kevin hart more who i never had any real interest or appreciation in (laughs) i mean but now i've come around to be like oh yeah kevin hart really didn't deal with all his like homophobic tweet stuff in a good way i I never fuck him too i never Uh, attached his his body form to the comedy and yet i totally understand what you're talking about where it's a thing uh yeah it's a trope my roommate uh biba pickles pointed out to me the comics get buff and then they're not funny anymore there's like you can't be like an aggro alpha male guy and be funny it doesn't work you can be a fat guy you can be a skinny guy you can be a woman you lose you can't be a buff guy (laughs) you lose that like integral like part of you that is scared of the world yeah because you gain this ultra security in, yeah in Dave Chappelle body. became the like macho male he wanted to be and now he's not funny like he still has the talent he still has the timing but his writing and his self-awareness has waned enough where it's like in comparison it's like well you really missed a lot in the time you've been gone Jerry Seinfeld great writer uh was banging a 17-year-old during Seinfeld. Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's mainly the, Why ma- didn't the know main that? criticism. That's what Woody Allen told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry! Fair enough. But yeah, and, like, and you look back at that and you're like, oh, yeah, Larry yeah. David was really the reason yeah. that he show was so Yeah, show. Larry David's sure. the best. Which, by the way, that episode of Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld on Comedians in Cars is one of the best. Comedians on yeah. Cars, I still love. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, I do. I, I rather, write about them on, the, on those wiki I'd chairs, rather yeah, also should always wrap like them <laughs> to the hood and be like, this is a comedian on, on the hood. Oh, on Cars going to come. Now, what do, you, what do you think about, like, what's your take on, you know, Dave... So you've heard his opinion on Dave Chappelle. What what was it about Dave's stand up that made you I just like I like his I like his social awareness and how he when he speaks maybe it's also his relationship with the audience, but when the audience um when he speaks, the audience is like, Oh yes, something wise is about to happen and then boom, something funny. So he intertwines he for example, one of the one of the I, I can't remember the joke exactly but um, he talks about the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. and that's a very touchy subject now. <laughs> in days. And, Pun um, intended. A touchy and, and subject. And he talks about Pil- yeah. Bill Cosby, and kind of intertwines that together. But talks mm-hmm. about like the social aspect of it, and and the awareness, and uh, and then you know, like he just has this great way of making something pulling you in also with how he talks he sits down everything just is so perfect he sits down how he talks is he's paced out enough he's talking like this and then and then he pulls out a joke and it's like oh it's super funny and then he'll go and then he mm-hmm. then he goes back into his wise advice and then he pulls out another joke and it's it, i 
That's I I love that he that he does that. And for for me personally, the I definitely noticed when he got yelled, and I was like, "Damn, you look good." But other than that, <laughs> it's like I, I for me it didn't really um, affect how I perceived his. Oh yeah, his I yeah I would agree that still his delivery is maybe even better than it used to be, where mm-hmm. he can be captivating even while he doesn't have the density of jokes he used to have. Mm-hmm. Like he will take a long time setting up a joke where in the past he would have been funny the whole time. Yeah. But because his like delivery and his charisma is so good, it it still kind of works. But but yeah, he does seem a little more like his perspective is a little off, his self-awareness, his social awareness seems just a little bit less what it than what it used to be. Interesting. So Aiden, I'd like to ask you just in in where we are in stand-up comedy right now and in especially with late night hosts what they're doing currently having the pressure to do real life stuff hard-hitting material that makes that like digs into you as a person Mm -hmm. having that separation is very important in order to kind of carry through like to to be able to like do lighthearted material and 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 be a a stand-up comedian people can get to but at the same time going into these like dips that we were just talking about like when when are you allowed to go into something very real neil neil breton did the uh the three mic stand up he like separated mm-hmm. a very specific mic for that opportunity to go into something real mm-hmm. where can we have that space versus what we want to just make a joke how has that changed our landscape where I think a lot of us weren't allowed to do that material in the past? Like, it, it a lot of us were limited to puns mm-hmm. and, and, and very, like, political humor or whatever it was. How has this changed being able to explain how we feel? Like, has... Has it opened up everything? Has it closed things down? Have you have have you had to choose what kind of comedian you want to be because of our comedic emotional awakening? Um, I guess it's just a, a, a more positive change that people can do different different stuff and not necessarily have to be funny and just a a more phony way all the time, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure. If it's I'm so, it's so hard. Like I, I, I'm constantly struggling with it where I would love to open up and, and I would love it. to tell a dick joke right now. <laughs> again, but again that's yet. my favorite part about Say this it. is it's like, I like that's where I feel comedy comes from is right. from this truly honest place. Being able to open up and tell a dick joke right at the end to make it funny. But I just don't know where this puts us in comedy. I think it puts us puts us as listeners and enjoyers and doers in a very good space. Because it's like, nobody's telling us... Like, we yes, some people are going to be... 
telling you what not to say, what to, that's always going to be the case. But I think at this point, it's like, what, what feels true to you, then do it. And it's going to come off that way. Like it's, if your integrity remains intact and in what your comedy is and what is you it, present, does it still make you giggle? I fuck, it should. And that's the thing. And if it doesn't, then, then adapt and change and make it better or, but find your own, like, find that, like, this is good for me. And this is good for like, I, I'm good with this. And this is what I want to present. And it's like, if if it's that truth we talked about, it's like yeah, that's fucking perfect, you know. Yeah, I just I just want to just slap it on the bing bong and just get over there and slop some water all over and get some mayonnaise all over that ass. I just want to get some like that ass water. I feel like you were you started out talking about smoking yeah, weed yeah. and then it was a sandwich thing. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I guess those follow. Either way, I'm weight. hungry. Yeah. So. It, and and Henry, I, I appreciate like that boy. That is who. It's we, a, it's a tough it's a tough question. It is, but I think, and I'm not speaking for anybody but myself. But it's like I think that puts us in a place of where we are in comedy. Is like we need to keep that spirit alive of like tell the truth about the the truth of humanity and people, and also well, well make I, it I, funny. I would also go fuck in, you if it's not funny. Do. Go into like we're at the like the furthest place in our history that we're able to say our mind, like say our piece, as honestly as we've ever been able to say it, and yet like we're still at odds with what we can say. Well, so it's 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 just as every opportunity in history that we want to say our piece, but how do you make it funny? How do you make it relatable? Well, I think maybe we leave everybody with that question, yeah, and not we don't have questions. To, we don't have to answer that right now. It's like let's leave that with people listening and with us here. How do we make that funny? Go find a way. Yeah. Uh, uh, as you Jeff Goldblum would say, uh, <laughs> life finds a way. And as Jeff Barry Goldblum would say, his brother-in-law, uh, funny uh, finds a way. That's right. made up. As, as I as I say to every every audience I ever left is how do I make that joke funny? Um, <laughs> you guys figure it out. Everybody <laughs> listening, we are done talking. I promise. I love you guys. Cheers. Thanks for being here. Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>